Bad snap. Bobble. Oh. Scoops oh. up. Here come the Spartans. Touchdown, MSU. From WDBM East Lansing, you're listening to the Green and White Report, a production from Impact Sports. This is your source for sports news, debates, and more for Michigan State, Detroit, and the rest of the sports world. Good morning, East Lansing. Welcome back into the Green and White Report. First show of 2022, and Trent, there's really no better way to start this show but saying we're simply, we're back. We are back. It's all back. Back is an understatement. Back is not just a body part. It, it feels unbelievable to be back. Obviously, all, all three of us are back as well. Yes. Luke Sloan, Trent Valley, Henry Menegos, and we have an unbelievable amount of stuff to catch up on over break. There were bowl games and NFL playoff games last night, Michigan State basketball, just a ton of stuff. Yep. But before we get into anything, and there is a lot to get into, once again, we haven't done a show in over a month. Are we, are we all doing well? What I are think new, so. What are our New Year's resolutions? What did Santa Claus give us for Christmas? There, there's just a lot to cover here in the next three minutes or so. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. So Sloan and I have been on Izone together, so some spoilers there. We, yes. we know what each other are going to say, but I'm interested with Hank. What if, if uh, Henry? I'm going to start calling you Henry because that's what people know you as. But oh wow, what? Uh, yeah, Hank is just like my stupid nickname. This is this is significant. Though. I'm gonna, 2022. I'm gonna... You've always called him yes. Hank. New year, new me. Thank you, new year, Ryan. New Hank. Ryan Collins for that former <laughs> yeah, host right. of this show. But this is good too because Henry has not told me anything he's gotten for Christmas yet. Yes. So what is your New Year's resolution? What did you get resolution? for Christmas? Oh, Give us a little monologue. Okay. Yeah. Wow. All right. I, I got this on the cuff right now. Ready? Yeah. Okay. Here we go. New Year's resolution. I created a budget yesterday. I don't, I don't know if that was like, like fiscally. Yeah. Like like I went in Excel and I like coded wow. my own. That's budget. extremely responsible. So you're talking you. about like food, transportation, books, housing, tr- gas, fun money. You know what I'm talking about? And it's like it's all color coded. Like it's. It's legit. That's a great idea, especially for the start of a semester to yeah. kind of get off on the right foot. Is like, radio know, in the budget and the green and white report? Oh, absolutely. Because this is a very expensive show. So. And, and I will say that you know the the fall semester was a little bit loose. You know, we we were all like kind of glad to be back on campus, and like this time around, I was like, all right, it's time to buckle down a little bit here. Let's let's see exactly what we're doing. <laughs> a few too many dollars may have been yeah. spent in the fall semester. I can I can also attest to that. It was yes, loose. it was loose. The nice so. thing about that, though, is that there is a person who gives us gifts for free over the holidays, specifically Christmas. That'd be Santa Claus. Did Santa Claus maybe give you some money? Great of a segue, by the way. Yeah. Did Santa Claus <laughs> maybe a guitar? What did Santa Claus come up with this year? I really, I don't think I had anything super like uh, flashy to, to, to tell you boys. I got some clothes. I mean, I got a nice clothes jacket. Clothes are fine. I got a nice jacket. It was great, actually. I had a, I had a great Christmas. Honestly... When you're a kid, everyone's the stigma is, oh, I got clothes for Christmas. You know, damn it. Huh, but as you get older, man. Well, yeah. When you're 18, you 19, 20, yes. you get clothes, you're like, I don't have to go to the store and buy these. Everything's in my size. Everything looks great. There's no problems. There, yep. there are just I'm no also problems. glad Henry got a jacket because he's the ultimate jacket guy. Oh, yes. really? Looks great in a jacket. Yes. You didn't oh, know that? 100%. Don't act like you didn't know that. Well, you know I, that. I've heard that from you actually before. So oh, I think I tell you that every time you wear it. I'll, 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 I'll take it. <laughs> to kind of like briefly talk about Trent and I's New Year's resolutions and stuff. Yes. Trent wants to read more. I do. He I got, read two chapters a, last night. He wow. got a great book great. for Christmas. So that kind of feeds into that. Yes. Myself, I want to get up earlier in the morning, which 
I got off to a, a pretty bad start, not going to lie. <laughs> the, these past couple weeks, I've been doing a fair amount of sleeping in. You know, like Trent put on the, the, the show sheet, it is syllabus week, so yeah. fair amount of sleeping. National Championship game was last Monday. Can't really blame me, right. but... I got some beautiful Christmas kids. I got a Cade Cunningham jersey. I got a gruff Sparty football helmet. Wow. All sports related, of course, but we're back. You're back as well. We're going to get into some MSU basketball to start the show this morning right off the top. I mean, there's a lot to catch up on, so we're going to be rapid fire throughout the show. Football, basketball, some Detroit sports as well. Lions, their season is now officially over. Motor City, Dan Campbell, season one is in the books. But we're going to get into MSU basketball off the top first. Spartans lose yesterday to Northwestern 64-62, to but there were a ton of games over break. They played Oakland in Detroit, won that game. Also, High Point, another win at Northwestern, Nebraska, and Minnesota at home. Those were all wins, but the Spartans did not get come away with a win yesterday at the Breslin Center, dropping to 14-3 and on the season. Trent, you and I were both there with Brendan Shabath covering the game for WDBM, but it this almost feels like, thinking about it, giving it a second pass, something that Tom Izzo kind of forecasted with the way his team was playing over the last five, six games. Yeah, it was such an energy thing. And I, that, not to state the obvious, but if you watch the game, that's just the only – I've never seen a team shoot itself in the foot time after time after time. And we throw that around all the time, right? Like, yeah. oh, they keep shooting it's themselves very, in the foot. It's like a football thing when yeah. you have penalties. Just but even in, a sports thing in general. Oh, yeah. They're, they're killing themselves. It gets, they're shooting themselves in the foot. It gets thrown around all the time. But yesterday, like the Spartans actually embodied that. And I'm not just talking about the turnovers that they had 17 of. I'm talking about just stupid fighting each other for rebounds, uh, stepping out of bounds, bad passes. Now, obviously, those are turnovers. But like just failing to defend, failing to rebound, not boxing out. Missed some easy buckets. Just mental lapses, man. Yeah, you missed a couple easy buckets. It's just... It's so frustrating when you know how good this team can be and has been, and especially players like Marcus Bingham Jr. and you know Joey Hauser, who's coming off probably the highest high hill ride all season. Fans are right behind him, and then he comes out and has a performance like that, which he didn't play bad. He just wasn't good at all. He didn't bring you much, and he kind of got the crunch time minutes, and then you know obviously they didn't pull it out. This is one of those situations where obviously Michigan State is now in the first day of a six-day break before they hit the road to face Madison or to go to Madison and face the Wisconsin Badgers which is going to be a just massive game top 15 matchup two teams in the AP poll top 15 but this is one of those situations where you say man just get out of there with a win six-day break but Michigan State did not get out of the building with a win and Tom Izzo said it pretty bluntly he said hey you know it might not necessarily be the worst thing that we did not sneak out on Saturday with a win because they snuck out against Minnesota on Wednesday with the win. And he said, even though his team had things to improve on after that game, they really did not get the message and failed to prepare again. And they lost to Northwestern. But it, 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 I just have a hard time with the whole they uh, like needing a loss theory. Yeah. But did this team need a loss? I mean, fourteen and thirteen, everything's still out in front of them. Five and one in the Big Ten, but. I mean, is it fair to say that this team needed a loss? Here's what the team needed. They needed a kick in the ass. So I don't know if that is a loss or what, but you know, the fact that this team has gotten off the hook the last five games, I mean, even against High Point, obviously going into Northwestern, and then we can talk all day about the Nebraska game. Like, Nebraska's not a good team, and you let them hang around pretty much until the last five, six minutes of the game. So this team definitely needed a wake-up call, and I think for some of these players it was a loss, but I completely agree with you, Sloan, that – no matter how you slice it after a win, you try to 
find the silver lining in losing, it's never good to lose. It's never. Ne- I remember when the Kentucky Wildcats were rolling back in 2015, and everyone was talking about, oh, they, you know, they, they need to lose. They need to face some adversity. Not really. Who no. cares? Like you can face adversity and win. That's another thing. Izzo said is yeah, you, what's a loss to Mississippi State going to do to you? Exactly for, for Kentucky. It, nothing. And you get you can find you can learn lessons in wins, even if they're you know tight wins. And I guess that's what Izzo was really harping yeah. on after this uh, Northwestern game was that clearly his team didn't learn its lesson against Minnesota when maybe it should have. Henry, you know, there's one thing that I think that there's something that stands out with this loss that I think. People are overseeing a little bit. It might be kind of sneaky. You weren't at the game yesterday, and no. they were 8-0 in games you have been in attendance for this season. Damn it, Henry. I wasn't going to say it, but... So, <laughs> I, I just want to say that for everybody out there, you know, we can we can dive into the stats. We can we can get into what's going wrong with Michigan State right now, but there, there was a notable omission from the Brunson Center yesterday, and that was this guy over here. So. Well, I was striking out by salary from the team hasn't been uh, adequate, so... Yeah. Anyways, you know, homework or something. Homework is very good on Saturdays. So no matter what was going on, it, it it's it's completely fine. Plus, I by mean, the way, it's Northwestern, so it's not some marquee yeah, game that you expect to be in attendance for. Especially so. after the close Minnesota game, you yeah. probably think. I mean, that's what we said walking to the Breslin. Yeah, we, I, we were like, we yeah, said, let's get some opponents gonna... in here that are you know more toward the top of the table in the Big yeah, Ten. We're like but... Michigan State's going to blow them out today. Terrible. You know, quick Minnesota get quick tight Minnesota game. Then yeah. they're going to go roll Northwestern. And eh. Also, I just wanted to say, yes. bonus Saturday today. Today's a bonus Saturday. Yes. we do not have yeah, class tomorrow. on Monday. It feels very strange because I have stuff I could definitely do tomorrow, like homework, work, you know, radio stuff, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't know. It just feels like I shouldn't do anything tomorrow. It's a holiday. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'll convince myself of that. But back to basketball, the turnovers have just been... I mean, head-scratching. There, there's really no other way to put it. It seems like we've talked about Michigan State basketball turning the the ball over about nine times on this show in the last semester, 17 of them yesterday. It's just such a strange thing, and you almost wonder how it can be coached out of this team because they're throwing a ball off someone's foot, throwing it high out of bounds. I mean, obviously you can— Just lofting passes yeah, into the paint and getting can, them picked off. You can change your game plan and you know not push the ball more in transition or do something to nail down the turnovers a little bit. But so many of these turnovers are just mental mistakes. Yes. And that's probably why they're so hard to nail out of this team, I, I would assume. I'm getting so sick of saying they can fix this, they can fix this, they can fix this. Because, as you well know, Sloan, that is my MO. I am always optimistic. I yes. always, and especially something like turnovers. You're right, Sloan. It's a mental lapse thing. You can lock in and figure that out. But when you are consistently, this team's averaging 15 a game. Like, yes. that's, a, that's what? That's horrible. I mean, I mean, Izzo has said multiple times if, if, if they can get the, 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 the turnover number down to like 12. They're going to be in great shape, but it's yeah. like 17, 12 in, and I, in a normal year. 12 is a lot of term, turnovers yeah. for a team. It's can crazy. They, can they have single digits just once? Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll find out. Maybe Honestly. they will lock in one of their biggest games of the year, say Wisconsin here on next Friday yeah. or Michigan in a couple of weeks or Illinois. These are the big games and maybe they will kind of feel that intensity and lock in a little bit more. I will say they could have got ran out of the gym yesterday. Oh yeah. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I do remember that the Northwestern's points off turnovers was only like 16. Yeah. So it's not like the Wildcats were really taking advantage. And I say only 16, but you got to remember the Spartans turn it over 17 times. So it could have potentially been close to 40 points off turnovers. So 
they got off the hook there. And I guess that's why I say they needed a kick in the ass and maybe it didn't need to be a loss. But at some point, man, you, and, and Tom Izzo's just dumbfounded by it as well. What is this team gonna, like? When is the when are they going to realize that you have to maybe look before you pass the ball? It seems so elementary to me, and it is the only crutch in this team. Because I'll tell you right now, we all know that basketball, in particular, is a game of runs. It's a game of flow. The flow of the game means everything. And if you are constantly turning the ball over, that's woven into your DNA as a team. That ain't great. Because we're looking at the team right now that was number 10 in the nation. They're probably going to drop. We were texting last night, Sloan. I think they're probably going to drop to like 13, 14. Yeah. But Not, I mean, yesterday was a crazy Saturday in college basketball. A lot of top ten teams, top twenty five teams lost. So, honest to God, Baylor's lost twice this week. If there's any week for Michigan State to drop a game in Northwestern, it's really not the worst thing that it's this week because everybody's going to stay relatively stagnant because yep. everybody lost a game. Even you know Texas Tech, who Baylor lost to, they lost a game. Seton Hall, you go up and down the USC. list. USC, Michigan State, everybody got a loss, but. I have an extreme amount of egg on my face here because I left my apartment yesterday to go to the arena and I said that, in my opinion, this is going to be probably Michigan State's best full effort of the season. And I, I thought was so too. I thought that Minnesota scare was enough. One. Yeah, so did I. That was, the other thing, though, and I, I said this pretty soon after the loss yesterday, I think that they go to Wisconsin and win on the road. I, I, I just have a gut feeling. It, it'd be very Tom Izzo and very Michigan State basketball for them to you know, suffer a terrible loss, one that they haven't had in 13 years, losing to Northwestern at home, six days of just grueling practice, and then they win on the road at Madison in a game that they probably shouldn't win and they won't be favored in. But, you know, I'm just going to call it right now. I just got a gut feeling. I, and the thing is, and I hate this, but I'm going to agree with you because I definitely think this is going to be a week of hell yes. practice. It's going to be, it's going to stick in their craw. Also, did I dream this or did Marcus Bingham tweet that I'll see you in April? He, no, he did. He, okay, he so did indeed tweet that. So we, he, we, I saw that yesterday. So he felt, I thought maybe I dreamt that. I was also possibly under the influence last night. Neither here nor there. Um, That's all right. I, I do, I, so that means one of two things. That means either he's just playing into the whole narrative or he's actually serious. Like he feels the criticism. He knows he played like crap yesterday. Yeah, bad. And he is, he's, oh, he's, he's not tone deaf, which is nice to see yeah, because Marcus sure. Bingham is a guy who I've been high on all year, but there's always been that question about his motor and his effort. And when you look at the fact that he's a senior, Malik Hall is a captain on this team as a junior, sometimes that doesn't add up. And now you kind of see it, I guess, yesterday when it's like his body language ain't great. And Tom Izzo in the postgame presser is just simply saying, hey, it bothers me when a guy's not running up and down the floor when he's walking. That's and you a, can that's kind of that, see that from Marcus that's Bingham. That's a very damning... And, you know, accusation, and it, it wasn't just an accusation. I mean, we saw it yesterday, and, yeah. you know, the, you put a question down here on the sheet, and, you know, the, the battle for playing time, Julius Marble was fantastic yesterday, 18 points. Marcus Bingham Jr. did not play down the stretch. Obviously, he missed the front end of the one-and-one, one, which could have sent the game into overtime if he made both of those free throws in the final seconds. Final seconds, actually. But the question is, you know, who should be playing more at this point, either Marcus or Julius Marble? And I think you and I have the same answer to this, and that's they need to continue to roll with Marcus Bingham Jr. I mean, you you see, I mean, his upside is just tremendous. I mean, we really don't have to ex go into too much detail about when he's playing at his best, what he can bring to this basketball team. You've called him for quite a few weeks and, and months now, the, the, the MVP of this basketball team. And, and I agree with that take because 
You've seen the team taper off the last four or five games. You've seen Marcus taper off the past four or five games. The the, the It's been synonymous, his game tapering off and the team, and that, that has to indicate, to me at least, that he's a big key in what they're doing. Yes, the question between Marcus Bingham Jr. and Julius Marble is simply this. This is a defensive team. Who's the better defensive player? It is Marcus Bingham by a country mile. And that's yeah. not a knock on Julius because Marcus all. is an exceptional defender. And Julius, Julius in, is, in his own right, he can get buckets. He, I would quickly. say he's an A low post scorer. Yes. Not a, a plus, percent. but he I mean he can pretty much match up with anyone in this conference and he can go get a little baby jump hook. Yeah. You know, I think what was he, seven for seven yesterday? Fan, it was fantastic. He, he, he can he can make shots, man. I mean, it, how many times have we seen him play twelve minutes off the bench and he's yes. got eight? I so mean, that's the thing. He should probably play more than twelve yeah. minutes. I mean, I think he should play close to eighteen. You can split Marcus and and Julius right down the middle if you want, but Marcus Bingham needs to be there in crunch time simply because and the starter he's as the well. defensive anchor of this team. And you're right, Sloan. That you know, Tom Izzo. That's another thing he completely lost his mind about yesterday was that. You know, he said, and I'm paraphrasing, we kind of tapered off when we th- started to think we were an offensive team. Yeah, This is not an offensive team. It's a defensive team. And who's your anchor? It's Marcus Bingham. And the only reason I'm harping on that is because you're right. We have seen his production and his minutes taper off a little bit in the last five games. And this team, every single game has been nip and tuck. They haven't had an impressive win in that stretch, in my opinion. What side of this debate do you stand on, Henry or Hank? Either way, we got we got to we got to figure something out. Meta goes. Yeah. Yeah, we got we got to figure something out here. Hen- yeah. is Henry, it's gonna be. I'm Henry. calling I'm calling you Hank in person, but Henry on the air. Okay, how's oh, that? Wow. We're gonna we're gonna roll with Henry. The I think my, I think my final. little my little brain can can handle that. I, I don't know if I can. I'm not gonna know when to look. <laughs> 2020. Let it be known that in 2022, it is Henry Menegos on this program and nowhere else. Hank. So Henry, what do you think about Julius Marble and Marcus Bingham debate? Marvel has been playing great, I thought, actually. Yeah. But, like you said, it's just hard to, when you see what, what uh, Bingham is capable of and when he is playing at his best. It's, it's, such, an, it's such an important piece of that team. I, and come in March, that's going to be a huge deal. So, I, I, th- I think you got to just roll with him for now. and just I don't want to say groom when he's a senior, but like just encourage that, that play out of him because you're going to need it come March. I don't want to offer up another vanilla take here, but we have another question, too, in terms of a position battle, and that will be the point guard, either Tyson Walker or A.J. Hogard. And once again, I said I do not want to offer up a vanilla take here, but I think Tyson Walker should be playing the majority of the minutes at point guard. I've liked the way it's split so far this season. You see A.J. Hogard consistently get 17 to 20, even a little more on a good day, minutes per game. But Tyson Walker... And, you know, we, you and I talked about this on the Impact Is Own podcast, and I pointed this out as one of the things I want Michigan State to improve on in the second half of the season. The, the, the way this team would be playing if Tyson Walker was able to get 12, 13, 14 points per game, I pointed out as my major improvement, you know, him just shooting the basketball a little bit more, them running more stuff for him. And that's why I think he's the guy at point guard, especially considering his defensive upside. He's been more consistent than Hogard this season. Both of them are excellent passers. I mean, I don't even want to break that down. They're, the numbers will show it too. But I'm in in terms of the point guard battle, even though it's wavered a little bit lately, I'm still in Walker's corner. No, I am too, and I think most of that has to do with him on both ends and what you get on both ends and what this team likes to do. Going into the season, I kind of thought that AJ Hogard was the better fast break point guard. I don't think that's uh, the case. Yeah. I think it's Tyson. And here's why. He's so active on the defensive end that he can get out and run. Like, I, I think there was a play in the Minnesota game where it was, um, 
Help me out. It was the the player who was down and like stuck his leg oh, out and tried to stop. Uh, what was his name? Luke Lowy. Luke Lowy. That was a Grayson Allen moment. Yeah. You can, Yeah. No one can convince me. I am one hundred percent convinced that he indeed did swing the leg on purpose. Yes. It, it it he made no effort to get it out of the way. Yeah. By making no effort to get it out of the way. You de- he definitely tried to impede Gabe Brown's lane there. So Luke Lowy. Shame. I had a blast. I had a blast writing that into my recap, yeah. by the way. But anyways, yeah, I almost said David Bowie. Luke Lowy. <laughs> um, so he there was a play there where I think it was Tyson and Gabe who were about to get off to the races, and Tyson is just lightning fast, man. I mean, yeah. he's, his instincts are there. He sees that the ball's on the floor, and he's already running. He's, he's still he's yeah. still improving, too. Yes. I mean, he is nowhere close to his ceiling. He is a – I need to remind myself a lot. In terms of eligibility, he is a sophomore. Yeah, what in the world could Tyson Walker look like as a senior under Tom Izzo? I mean, yeah. holy cow, just a lot to come there. But Michigan State back in action, number thirteen Wisconsin this upcoming Friday. Impact eighty nine FM dot org slash sports will have all your coverage of that game. Six day break for Michigan State before they take on the Badgers, and like we said a little bit earlier in this segment, I mean a six day break could not have come at a better time. The turnovers obviously have to be worked out. Tom is so harped on this at nauseum in his postgame press conference, and I couldn't agree with him more that this team needs to come, you know, to play with a defensive identity once again. You know, Marcus Bingham's got a couple of things to work out. Even, you know, someone like Tyson had a couple of turnovers against both Northwestern and, and Minnesota. Th- this six-day break is not coming at a better time, in my opinion. Not at all. And the thing is, Wisconsin, when you look at their schedule, guess who they've got to go play on Tuesday? Northwestern. Wow. At Northwestern. So here's that? the thing: if you're a Spartan fan and you want Michigan State to shoot up and not have that, uh, you know, Northwestern loss be be such a crutch, you kind of want Northwestern to start balling here. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, it, and then the loss Minnesota look so bad. as well too, because the Spartans picked up a win at home and on the road against them. So correct. So uh, so who knows what could happen in that game? I, I expect Wisconsin to take care of business. Then again, I expected Michigan State to take care of business yesterday. Yeah. But whatever, neither here nor there. If if Wisconsin's able to beat Northwestern on Tuesday, they will only have what would that be three days of rest, whereas. The Spartans can almost double that. Yeah. So I expect Michigan State to at least go fight. I expect there to be probably around 12, 13 turnovers as opposed to 17. I still think It'll they're going to turn a, it a over. It'll be a raucous environment in Madison. Yes. Huge game, national TV. The Cole Center. The, the Cole. You know, I've always wondered this, and I think Henry could p- potentially offer some help here. It's the Cole Center. Obviously, we have Coles, the large clothing chain. Yeah, and Is it's it, spelled the same. I, I'm very confused. Is it Cole, like... Stephen Cole or Mark Cole or like some large donor who donated money to build the arena or is it like Cole as in Cole's arena I have I looked I it have up. no clue I looked it up when I went two years ago with Julian Mitchell shout out um Our guy. It, it's it's completely unrelated to the store because it, it is God. just the it's Cole Center whereas His the name store is, probably is like Cole's Marcus Cole yeah. or Stephen Cole something but. shout out Marcus Cole I I've, I've, I've got <laughs> I've got Michigan State coming away with a win in this one, though. You know, yeah. like I said earlier in the segment, it would just be very Tom Izzo, very Michigan State basketball for them to just, you know, terrible loss to Northwestern, one that we haven't seen in well over a decade, and then boom, you know, you flip the switch, six fantastic days of practice, get a win at, Minnesota, at Wisconsin. The that, two, well, I have that feeling. Well, I I do too, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but I oh, just think the two bigger biggest issues with this team right now are the turnovers, of course, but it was also just the effort. 
and more specifically the offensive rebounds that they that they gave to Northwestern. Against so Minnesota that too, that is something that is not going to continue yeah. because this team is physical and they can figure it out. They have athletic guards, athletic wings that can go up and rebound. It's just a mindset thing. And I also look at Marcus Bingham. He's going to have a better game. So the effort will be there at Wisconsin. And honestly, we talked about this just real quick before we end, is that if you do lose to Wisconsin, it's not the dual end all. That's that's yeah, not a bad loss. You got to go all. up there as long as you compete and keep it close. It's a place where teams just don't win, right? And center. if you give yourself a chance to win that game, that'll be enough. I don't want to say enough because if a loss is never enough, but yeah, you understand what I'm saying. That's not a bad loss. There's still plenty of upper echelon Big Ten games to sort of prove your worth. Henry, are you on board? Maybe a win at Wisconsin. Yeah, I, why not, man? I, I I like the way this team bounces back most of the time. This is, that's an Izzo move, you know. Like you yeah. guys kind of hammered that out. Um, so why not? I'm, and it's I'm like for it. we've got twenty years of proof for this too. It's yeah. not just yeah. like we're going on a cuff. I mean, here. look at last year; they had the worst team in in Tom Izzo's tenure at Michigan State. Right, they managed to knock off Illinois, three Ohio top five State, teams. and Michigan in a stretch of three weeks. I mean. I, I, at that point, after that, you can't put anything past this team, especially yeah. in, no matter how they're playing. But big stretch, too, because after that, they go on the road to Illinois uh, that upcoming Tuesday. So, five, you know, two games in five days and in, ter- in very hostile places to play. We're going to learn a lot about this team really quickly. But we're going to be back on the other side of the break. We're going to switch gears, go to the NFL. A couple of thrilling games yesterday. I almost made a bold statement about Derek Carr to my friends that we'll get to, but I Uh-oh. did I did not make it because they did not win the game. Well, give us a tease. Are you a Derek Carr guy? I am not a Derek Carr okay. guy, but okay. I, I, I may have I may have amended some things with my <laughs> my Derek Carr thoughts with yesterday's loss to the Bengals, All right. or maybe not. Nevertheless, NFL playoffs on the way next. Luke Sloan, Trent Bailey, Henry Mena goes back in 2022. This is the Green White Report. 89 FM, the music that matters. Impact 89 FM gives away prizes like tickets to upcoming concerts, music festivals, movies, and more. Just listen to the top five at five, write down the names of our top five songs of the day, and call our request line when the last song ends. If you can list each song, you win. That's it. Only on Impact 89 FM. Thank you for dining with us tonight. Your waiter will be here to take your order shortly. Thank you. So, Mark, what did you say you did for a living? Well, I'm kind of between things right now. I got let go from my last job, but it wasn't my fault. Oh, sorry to hear that. How long have you been out of work? Just two and a half years. I've been living with my parents, so it's no big deal. The only problem is I don't have a car, so they have to take me everywhere. That's nice. So, uh, what do you like to do in your spare time? Well, I play a lot of video games, and I watch Netflix. But I haven't been too active because I've been feeling a little ill. Well, did you at least get your flu shot this season? Duh. Flu vaccines are the best way to reduce the chances that I'll get the flu or spread it to others. Wow, he's so dreamy. Tell me more. Flu season is here. From October to May, you need to protect yourself. Sign up at your doctor's office or local pharmacy to get your flu shot today. Welcome back to the Green and White Report. NFL playoffs 
are officially underway. And a couple of, well, one thrilling game yesterday and another one that was terrible. <laughs> uh, I have some egg on my face in, in multiple ways. Obviously, the first one will be the Cincinnati Bengals. For the, day? for the first time since 1990, the Cincinnati Bengals have won a playoff game. 1990. Yep, and the Detroit Lions are now <laughs> the longest yes. playoff win drought in the league. I think in pro sports, too. I could be off More on this later, though. Their trajectory, in my opinion, is the best in the NFC North. Future's so bright, my eyes hurt. Plus, ah, we also have some ah. stuff to get into. Henry's Minnesota Vikings have wholesale changes, not only on the coaching staff, but in the front office. So... We're going to get into that as well, get Henry's thoughts on that. But a couple of playoff games yesterday, the Cincinnati Bengals taking down the Las Vegas Raiders by a final score of 26-19. to Derek Carr threw an interception in the final moments of that game. Brutal. And the Buffalo Bills defeating the New England Patriots 47-17. to Let's go, Buffalo! Now, I, I had two takes that I offered up that maybe are bad. So let's we'll start with the Cincinnati game because you guys know my thoughts about the New England game. And I was watching this game with a couple of buddies at my apartment. I had just made some fantastic, just some delicious hamburgers. They were they were deli- barbecue <laughs> hamburgers. They were they were they were scrumptious. Yum. And as Derek Carr was driving the ball down the field in the final moments, I said, "If Derek Carr wins this game, I take back every bad thing I've ever said about him." And he did not win that game. So apparently, you've so said bad things t- about him throughout yes, the years. I'm, okay. I am not a Derek Carr guy at all. I mean, are you? I'm no, into, no, I yeah. never have been. And the, the reason why, if I can quick explain, is simply because when Matthew Stafford was in Detroit, Derek Carr was kind of your just one of X amount of guys who people always just gave more love to than Matthew Stafford just because he was buried yes. in Detroit. And it's like, dude, in what universe is Derek Carr a three-time Pro Bowler and Matthew Stafford is one? This This universe, apparently, but it shouldn't be that way. Anyways, he was just one yeah. of those guys. Him and like Dak Prescott were always talked about, and I was like, "Hello, we got this dude over here." But. Yeah. See, this was an interesting game because going back and forth, talking to some people about this game, a lot of people said, "Hey, the Raiders—they really have nothing to lose. They're playing with house money. This is a game they could just go to Cincinnati and steal." Personally, I was not on that train. I had the Bengals all the way. I think they've been a a consistently good team all season long, and. You know, Joe Burrow is, is one of my favorite players in the NFL. Honestly, Joe Burrow was one of my favorite players ever in college football. I mean, just watching him at LSU, for some reason I just fell in love with this game. But I, did you see this as a sneaky game for, for the for the Raiders to potentially sneak up on the Bengals? Or did, no. were you like me and you had Cincinnati all the way? Nope, I had Cincinnati all the way. I just thought it was kind of their year of destiny, and yeah. which sounds ironic because you would think it might be the Raiders' year of destiny, but I just think the luck runs out at some point, man. I mean, they don't even have a real coach right now. They won four games in a row going Rich into the Versace, season. great so name. It just kind of felt like, you know, in the role since he was on. I, and this is a question I put in here. Uh, I know Joe Burrow's not going to win the MVP, and he probably won't even get that many votes, but does he deserve to at least be in the conversation? Because I think so. I, agree I think too. if you take that franchise and win that division, which is one of the hardest divisions in a in percent. football, maybe the hardest, given the way that the, you know the NFC West ended up shaking out. Um, I, I just think it was incredibly impressive, and you know, people. I I remember myself included knocked the Bengals for picking Jamar Chase. What was it, fifth overall so instead I. of a, a lineman? Because it should have been Panay, in my opinion. Burrow got hurt, so everyone was like, "Oh, they're going to pick Penny Sewell." You know, they're yep. going to try to protect him. And 
Um, they didn't. They they went with Jamar Chase, and they gave Joe Burrow a weapon. And look at what those two. Did. I mean, Jamar Chase yeah. is a top five receiver in the league, let alone rookie. So that's another like looking back at it, terrible take that I've had. Me too. That was when probably they, my worst take this year. When they drafted that, or Jam- the Lions were going to win ten games. That's when they drafted take. Jamar T- Chase, I said, "No way in hell, that's the right move." I was like, "They got to protect their, their franchise quarterback," but I mean, their offensive line held up well enough in that game. Yeah. So. You know, you put this down on the sheet, and I'm interested in, in all three of our thoughts, but, you know, the Bengals, in terms of actually, you know, potentially competing in the AFC or potentially going to the Super Bowl, you know, I, I this is kind of a lazy take, but, you know, why not? I mean, it, 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 it would not surprise me if they won another game, it, you know, advanced to the AFC Championship game or, or potentially a Super Bowl. When, when you have an electric quarterback and an electric force like Joe Burrow. I mean, it, it's unbelievable what, what kind of stuff happens because I'm, I mean, I cannot express enough how much I'm in on him as a player. They're riding the all-time high right now. And that's yeah. when the magic happens. You, you look at both the giant Super Bowls in the last, you know, uh, century, quarter century, whatever, what's the, whatever. Eli Manning Super Bowls, both of those. Um, it, it, you kind of ride the magic. And I guess the way this Bengals team is constructed, there's absolutely a path. They've got a they've got a pass rush that is rock solid that I don't think it's talked about nearly enough. They've got a great leader in Joe Burrow, as you mentioned. They have great weapons. I mean, Joe Mixon, T. Higgins, obviously Jamar Chase. They've got Tyler Boyd, dogs. Tyler good. Boyd, who caught a touchdown yesterday and an incredible play from Burrow. So yeah, I think this team actually absolutely could match. I mean, you look at the AFC. They could give the Titans some run, especially if Derrick yeah. Henry isn't 100%. They could give the Chiefs some run if they keep him off the field and Mixon gets rolling. So there's there's a path, absolutely. And I, I don't know if I would pick that per se, but if they're, I'll be rooting for the Bengals in every matchup here and out unless maybe they're playing Buffalo. Should the play where the whistle was blown, should that have been a touchdown or not? Here's the thing. I don't really – It's one. this goes along with my macro point that I think that slowing down the game to milliseconds is just nauseating, right? Yeah. The whistle was blown when the ball was, what, two feet from his hands? So I, I don't. it wasn't going to change the play. It's not like the defenders let up. He was wide open, and the, Joe Burrow made a great play. So yeah. I don't think so. Um, and, again, they, they harped on it on the broadcast last night that it's not reviewable, it, it's so really, you've got to just move on. It's really making the rounds. I mean, I, I just saw a headline on my phone that that crew is not going to officiate again in the playoffs the rest right. of the season. So it's really been making a round. You know, Henry, I want your opinions on this, too. You know, when it comes to Joe Burrow, Trent and I are, are very in on him and his NFL future, and I, I'm wondering if you're thinking the same. I mean, the proof is right, like right in it. Like, look at look at a team without Joe Burrow, and look at him with Joe Burrow. I mean, like it's it's a huge difference. Wasn't this their first playoff uh, appearance in how long? Well, it, they up? they made it with uh, Andy Dalton and AJ Green. I think a few years ago, probably okay, fifteen so or sixteen. Up. But I know, but, but, but hey, yeah, to win this win. division, though, I mean, it yeah. it was incredible. Yeah. One no, of the so toughest I, divisions in football. I, I yeah, I think I think the proof is that you, what more proof do you need than that? Really, to me, anyways. Let's flip the page a little bit. The other game in the AFC last night, Buffalo defeating New England forty-seven to seventeen. I mean, let's go Buffalo, indeed, man. And by the way, I, I don't want to toot my own horn. I saw this coming a mile away. I told my roommates, "Mortal lock of the century." Put your money on it. They did. I did. We did well. One eight hundred gambler. If you have a problem. I stink. I'm terrible. <laughs> I thought the Patriots were going to just win. Outright. Were you one of those people who was like, it's cold, and it's Belichick, 
And it, I, I just, I, I, I'm I not, I'm not gonna, chastising you. I'm th- just saying. Nope, I, I am that person. I th- that I, narrative was made me. It made me throw up. I told multiple people last night. I said, Mac Jones is going to throw the ball two times. They're going to run it 48 times, <laughs> and New England's going to win in Buffalo once again for the second time this season. And 47 to 17 later, I look pretty stupid here. So, nevertheless, did we see this coming? I mean, you did. I did not. Well, here's why. I think the Bills are better in every single facet, and I'm going to include coaching, and I know I'm going to get ripped for that, but I just think given what what this team has, you can tell how much Belichick trusts Mac Jones or doesn't trust Mac Jones by the kind of plays they run and the kind of play selection they use, right? Whereas with Sean McDermott, he's got that team just clicking right now, and I know the Bills have had really high highs. You know, they've got some really quality wins. They also have really low lows. You know, losing to yeah. Jacksonville nine to six, and losing to Tennessee on the last play on a fourth and one when your QB can't get a yard. They've had low lows, but right now they're riding high, and this is the exact type of win that I think could propel them because over a division opponent. I mean, seriously, think about it, Hank. It's like if Henry, it's like if our Vikings, oh boy. your Vikings, you know, play the Packers in a division round or wild card game, and they yeah. trounce them forty-seven to seventeen. That team's going to take that and run with it, man. And the NFL recedes in the playoffs, correct? Yes. So we're so we don't know who the Bills have next. By by the way, I just kind of throw out the fact that your analogy did not include the Lions. Like you didn't even want. Well, I, I you talk about the Lions too much. Yeah, you, okay. Henry, you're yeah. a Buffalo guy. I, I love the so Bills, man. Bills you, Mafia. I'm sure you were on this train with Trent that they were going to win big. I I I I was on the train that they were going to win, but I was going to give New England more credit than I guess they deserved because I I just I don't know maybe I didn't know if it was the narrative, but I just thought you know Bill Belichick and. In the postseason, it's like saying Nick Saban in the postseason to me. You know, like, yeah. you, you got to give him some credit, and just did not happen. This did not happen yesterday, man. To, to my surprise, it's kind of like you know to to the to defend the people who were on the Patriots bandwagon or train, whatever you want to call it. It's kind of like the 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 saying where you don't do something unless they give you a reason not, or like you trust them until they give you a reason not to trust them. Yeah, that you're exactly right, Henry. That like that's what Saban brings, and that's the same thing that Belichick has, but now. That had to be the worst playoff loss of his career. I don't know. I haven't mm. looked, but to lose by thirty to a division opponent who the, you've already played twice. The I mean, that score was the largest deficit at halftime in postseason history in yeah. the NFL. I mean, so, uh, yeah, I mean, they weren't even in the game. They didn't even was, show up. It was over before it started. You're yeah. right. I mean, uh, the Bills won the coin toss, drove right down the field, and Dawson Knox with two touchdowns on their first two drives. I mean, it was just. You're right. It was over before it started. Really. You know, another question that you put on the sheet here, Trent. That would be how far will Buffalo go in these playoffs? I, I think they could win the Super Bowl. I yeah. Mean, with, with, I mean, with Josh Allen, you know, he's kind of cut from the same cloth as Joe Burrow and a bona fide NFL quarterback. They've been running the football a little bit more lately. Devin Singletary has really picked it up. Thank you for my fantasy team, by the way, won the championship in one of my leagues. <laughs> that also happened over break. Yeah. Nevertheless, I think it's going to all hinge on, on their defense, and especially when they inevitably match up with Kansas City and how they defend Patrick Mahomes. But why not the Bills to the Super Bowl? I mean, I know I said this with the Bengals, but I believe in both these teams. I mean, especially when you look at this crop of AFC teams, why not? Well, the thing is, too, I you look at the way the Bills won yesterday. They didn't really have to break out the whole bag of tricks. They just ran yeah. with I mean, Stephon Diggs only had three catches. Henry, I know you're a big Diggs guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the Bills... When they take the field in every playoff game from here on out, unless you're playing Green Bay in the Super Bowl, we'll have the best receiver on the field. 
Um, I really think that Stefan Diggs, I think he's better than Tyreek Hill. Yeah. You know, I, I just I you could argue here and there, but I would take Stefan Diggs, especially the connection he's got with Josh Allen and would the way they're rolling Jamar right Chase? now. Yes. I, just just I because of experience, yeah. only no, because of experience. Diggs, yeah, yeah. I think I think Diggs, I would take Diggs right now. You know, so I, I mean, they got all kinds of weapons on yeah. that on that side of the ball, though. We've been doing shows since August, and Henry, you've been a Buffalo guy since August. I, Are just they winning the that, Super Bowl for you? There's just something that fires me up about that team. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's just the fan base. Maybe it's just the way they play. I just love it, especially man. if they get another home game too. I mean, I know New England plays in those conditions on a weekly basis as well, but I don't know. I was I was digging last night. It was seven degrees. Everyone was freezing. Man. Yeah. By the way, this morning got in my car to come here. Twelve degrees. Oh. Yeah. You know what? I have I have another take that it hurts. Might be terrible. Okay. But I I wish the Lions played in an outdoor stadium oh, so no. bad. No, I, I would hate that. The season so ticket holder bad. was not oh, thrilled man. about that. The prospect. best thing about it is it's inside. It I, gets louder. You get to just go I, on in. You're freezing your ass off of the tailgate. You head on in, and Can you, you get to warm up. If we had a Green Bay Packers like atmosphere at some downtown I don't Detroit want that. stadium. I don't want it. You I don't? think it's the biggest gimmick ever. Oh well, you're just—I know Lambo. you're not a Packers guy. But no, no. I, I don't know. I, I actually, I am a Grinch when it comes to the to the Lambo thing. I don't. Res- I don't think it's that big of a deal. Leap. I don't. I don't get it, dude. Like, okay, cool. It's really old, and it's outside, and it gets frigid. Okay, I, I I've been to Buffalo. I've been to a game in Buffalo. It's a very similar atmosphere, so I don't I don't know. By the way, I just want to throw this out real quick. Just got a text from uh the dad, Josh Allen equal sign stud. Your dad? My yes. dad, Mr. Menegos. Mr. Menegos. What's Josh his name? Allen. Mark. Mark. Mark, Mark. Menegos. That is a Mark strong Menigo. name yeah, right there. Yeah, very imposing. I, I am one hundred percent on board with that. Mark Menegos says Josh Allen equals stud. You know more thoughts. I can't disagree. More thoughts on this later. <laughs> Joe Burrow was a number one overall pick. Josh Allen was a top 10 pick. Detroit Lions have a couple of first round draft picks coming up, and they should not draft a quarterback, and they should wait till next year. But we're going to get to that no, later. No, they're not going to. And real quick, shout out to Justin Spiro, yes. friend of the podcast, friend of the program, whatever. He, uh, he had a great tweet the other night that just said, and I'm paraphrasing, he said, I wish that the Detroit Lions could pick a guy like Joe Burrow and not have to yes. decide which defensive lineman to take. The one that got pancaked when he played Georgia Ugh. or the one that has motor issues. Pain. <laughs> like, that's what we're dealing with here. More on of that, course, more right? On, oh, more on that later. But nevertheless, we have a, little, a fun little way to end this segment. And it's just top five NFL quarterbacks. We've never really discussed this on this show. We, you know, we, we, we like certain guys, but we've never really kind of made a Mount Rushmore of the quarterbacks that we prefer the most. So we're going to each go through ours, starting with Trent and it's just top five quarterbacks, regardless, you know, all chips are off the table, just who we like the most. So my mother always told me that hate is a strong word and you don't use the word hate. So I don't hate anyone or anything. The only thing I hate is Aaron Rodgers, but he is the best quarterback in the league. He is number one. I've got Mahomes at two. I've got Russell Wilson at three. Yes. I've got a healthy Lamar at four. People forget how damn good Lamar Jackson is, and I think next year he's going to come back with a vengeance. And then fifth, I've got Stafford, and that's the one that's going to stir up controversy. They're going to say, oh, you're a homer. What about Kyler Murray? What about Tom Brady? What about, you know, no, I like Stafford in that spot. At Brady at this point, man, he's great. He'll win you games, but in terms of his – abilities right now like we're gonna see today I think I think Tampa's on upset alert you know Tom Brady's yeah Tom Brady's down a lot of his weapons and I know that he's made a career off kind of throwing to nobodies no, the Eagles, no disrespect to them but the Eagles have they run the ball really well and if they keep the ball out yeah. of Tom's hands and force him to kind of 
go downfield a lot more and try to catch up, basically. Yeah. The Philly Eagles have win. proven me wrong every time I've underestimated them this season. I, I've gone on this show so many times and said, no, you know, the Eagles aren't going to win this week. The Eagles aren't going to beat yeah. the Giants. The Eagles aren't going to do this. The Eagles aren't going to beat the Vikings, whatever. And I, I, I might have to stop doubting them. My top five, though, I have Patrick Mahomes at number one. That might no, be, that's that, fair. That might be that's another fair. tough take, I just, but... Rodgers has killed me too many times to the point where I am aware of him and I'm yeah. done running from it. I'll just say he's the best and move on. I've got Aaron Rodgers at number two. Once again, I just have to take my medicine. You know, I have the soap in my mouth on that one, you know, like a Christmas story with Ralphie. Come on, he's in the, he's going to be playing for Denver next right, year. Right, yeah. Nevertheless. <laughs> I've got at number three, one spot ahead of you is Lamar. Uh, I, you know, He's just he does things on a football field that I've never seen another football player do, and for all the slander he gets, I I, I just think it's all ridiculous. I, I am one hundred percent in on him. At number four, I have Russell Wilson. I think he's going to be playing on a different team next year as well. So you and I swap spots with those first two picks, and man, I I I, I probably still have Brady in my top five just because. Once again, I'm I'm also known to slander Tom Brady, and then he proves me wrong, like last year when they won a Super yeah. Bowl. But I don't know. That rounds out my I top mean, five. I mean, obviously you can't go. I think my six and seven that you can't see there would be Josh Allen and Tom Brady. I yeah. don't know what order it would be in. But, Hank, do you have a do you have a top five quarterbacks? I'm, I'm going off the cuff through? here. This is tough, but I'm, I'm going to try and do it. So I'm going to put – I'm actually going to put Rodgers at number one. Yeah, I I think Mahomes. We hate to, we hate to do it. I mean, I hate, you're, I hate you're, to a do fe- it. you're a fellow NFC North guy. I think so. him and Mahomes are pretty close talent wise. Actually, yeah. I think Mahomes is better, but Rodgers has just proven more with worse teams. You know what I'm saying? Like Mahomes is Mahomes is at his best. He has great teams around him. Yeah. So I think Rodgers has proven more over. I mean, he's a long career, obviously too. But it's a close one and two with Rodgers and Mahomes for me. Um, man, then it gets tough. I want, I want to actually put Josh Allen at three right now. Maybe it's okay. recency bias. No, that's that's fair. I mean, no, he's yeah. balling right now. Yeah, it might be recency bias, and I'll probably put Lamar at four, like you said, when he's healthy. And then, oh my god, see I, another guy we didn't mention was um, Joe Burrow. Well, uh, Joe Burrow, and who was I just thinking of? Darn it! There's a there's a, there's a player are, are we are playoff, not. Are they a playoff team? Justin Herbert. That's who I was gonna say. Oh. Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert's up there for me top too. Top ten for sure. Yeah. Real. Uh, I'm not. He's not in the top five for me yet. I don't think. Me but either. It's, it's a young. It's a young uh, career so far. I got, I got one spot left, right? Yeah. Yes. God. I want to put Kirk Brady Cousins. there. I, yeah. There you go. No, Brady's a perfectly acceptable answer. I've got him at six or seven. I just. I, didn't... I mean, I think. I think natural. I mean, obviously he's forty. Whatever. I mean, natural talent is probably deteriorating, and maybe he was never there. But he just yeah. wins. He just continues to win. That's the thing, man. So I got, you got to put him in the top five. I think. Will Joe Burrow be in the top five at this time next year? Yes. I think he can win MVP next year. Yeah. The, the role they're on, dude. Especially, what if they they could go out and win the Super Bowl? Shoot! I mean, if they go. I, I just noticed this in the doc. My my slate here says probably Tom number one and Cousins number two. I'm not yeah, sure I, who put that in there. I put but. that in there. I had to, I had to give Henry a little. <laughs> I, I had to say, hate did Henry you write that at like late last night or like yeah, right was, when you woke up this morning? Sleepy. Full slate of games today: Eagles at Buccaneers later. 49ers, Cowboys, Steelers, Chiefs, and then Monday Night Football, Rams at Cardinals. On the other side of the break, we'll get into these games a little bit more, and we're going to continue talking some NFL on the other side. 89 (laughs) FM, the music that matters. It is the end of the universe. One man stands alone in the barren wasteland. 
It's raining lava, and circling above are metal horses with three heads that breathe lightning. Skulls are everywhere. He raises his guitar to the sky. Every mountain explodes. And he refuses to listen to anything but the hours of power. Thursday nights at 10. Only on 88.9 The Impact. Slow down, you're driving too fast. Uh, all right, okay. My seat's cold, turn off the AC. Hey, watch out for that red light. Oh, that's not really red. That's just the warning light. It's fine, we're almost there anyway. Look out for that bicycle. Laser cut Puny humans, why is it that you cannot seem to operate your motor vehicles safely? Next time, there may not be a giant robot around to prevent imminent disaster. Oh, put me down! And you, with the pedal-driven two-wheeled apparatus, why did you not guarantee the crosswalk was clear before you entered? I, uh... And where is your helmet? Human brains do not have a standard factory part number and cannot be easily replaced. For tips on optimal survival strategies while biking, you should visit bikes.msu.edu. I will put you down now. Now I'm gonna be late for Pinochle. A message from 89FM. Welcome back to the Green and White Reports. We're going to play a little game here. This, this is a great song. Yeah. This is just a fantastic song, but, you know, we're, we're sticking with football because we love football on this show. Football! Trust or bust. That is the name of the game. Every playoff quarterback is on a list, as compiled by the great Trent Bally. 14 guys, 14 quarterbacks. The three of us, Luke Sloan, myself, Trent Bailey, Henry Menegos. We're once again Henry. It's not Hank. It's Henry Menegos. Henry. That that that'll be the, uh, the the name of the episode when we put this on Apple and Spotify and stuff. It'll be Henry, not Hank. Yes. Hank Hank is as out on this show in 2022. But trust or bust. Which playoff quarterback do you trust to win a playoff game? We're gonna go around the horn. We have a list of all of them here, and obviously this is an easy one. We're, we're, These we're, are in alphabetical order, by the way. Hey, so no particular, out. it's just alphabetical. It's not necessarily like who's played recently and whatnot. Right off the top, we have Josh Allen. Henry, you can go first, sir. By the way, I want to say this is a fantastic idea for a second. Yes, th- I love this. This was, this was Trent Valley right here. Thank this you. Great. This, this was, was T-Ball. This Thanks, a, guys. I'm feeling the love. T- you know, that's one of those. <laughs> I, just said, I said T-Ball. T-Bow. Everyone T-ball. calls me T-Ball. T-ball. It's okay. T-ball. It's supposed to My be bad. T-Bell, but you know, you know. Life isn't perfect. <laughs> Josh Allen. Right, Josh, Josh Allen. Trust or bust? Trust, trust. This is an easy one, right? Yeah. I think it's an easy one. Trust I mean, Josh Allen. We, we have the added luxury of watching this game last night. Yeah, Josh Allen. You, you he, I trust him to win a playoff game, of course. He's gone to the playoffs now, I think, two years in a row and just been pretty good until he ran into the buzzsaw of the Chiefs last yeah. year. So I trust Josh Allen. This is a layup. I mean... You can't miss with this Yeah, I mean, one. some Josh of these Allen. are just because Tom Brady's yeah. the next one. We can just skip right through that. Yeah. Tom Brady's got seven Super Bowls. Yeah, right? he, he yeah, Tom Brady's number two. Number three is Joe Burrow, and we'll go around the horn, but we can add in some thoughts as well, Henry. Man, that's, I mean, he's played great. I, yeah. I think you said trust. I mean, I, yeah. he doesn't have a great, you know, a lot to show, for, a lot of experience to show for it, but, I mean, why not? Trust. So the thing is, what, you can always add wrinkles to this conversation. That's what's fun yeah, about these are like barbershop debates. Yeah, make it interesting for you. The Bengals did have an opportunity to go ice the game yesterday, and Joe Burrow stalled out at the end. I'm not saying it's a big deal, but it's not nothing. Um, 
because the money was on the table and he could have gone and got it and didn't. And I'm only saying that because if it was Matthew Stafford, people would be killing him for it, even if he won. So yeah. whatever. I always hold people to the Stafford standard. But, yes, ultimately you trust the guy. Obviously, like you said, Hank, he's only got a one playoff game resume at this point. But he's also maybe the greatest or second greatest college quarterback ever yes. in terms of having the greatest season, I should say. So likable in that Heisman year. But, yeah, I mean, he's got he's a gamer and he's got a lot under his belt. So I trust him. Joe Burrow, at one point in his career, will be the best quarterback in the NFL. I it, it it I have trouble saying that because Patrick Mahomes and him have the same timetable. Well, the way it's shaken out, yeah. I don't know because Mahomes and you know even Lamar, those yeah. guys get hurt because the way yeah. they play. So obviously, I'm trusting him. Obviously, it's it's trust for me. Up next on the list, Derek Carr. Trust your bus, Derek Carr. That's kind of an interesting one. I I think he played great yesterday. Played kind of gritty yesterday. I don't know why this is so tough for the me. The other thing, too, is people are now talking about, is he going to be on the Raiders next year? Some people are saying that it may hinge on if they keep Rich Passaccia or not. Yeah. The, the By the way, do you think they on... should do that real quick? I think, you think they should I, keep I, him? I think they have to. I think they have to. Given the continuity they have with him, honestly, I don't see the harm. Neither do I. I mean, talk about backs against the wall. Everything that happened to the Raiders this season, for them to manage to go 10-7 and seven and make the playoffs, I mean, we don't need to get into the blow-by-blow blow of everything that happened to the Raiders this season. But right. I, I think they got to keep him. Uh, yeah, like you said, as an aside to this, that him and Carl both be back next year in Vegas. So, Henry, you do trust Derek Carr? It, it's tough. Ultimately. I, I, I think, I, I don't want to say trust for everybody, but I think I do trust him. I, 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 I start, put a team around him and say you can win me a, win me a playoff game. Mr. Bally. I am going to say not Bailey. Not Bailey. Or Bally. Or Ballet. <laughs> Bally, as in Bally Sports Detroit, no relation. Um, also, no free ads. Sponsor us. Derek Carr, I'm going to say no, and the only reason is just, like, he's so meh to me. He's so vanilla. I think he needs a really good run game to win. He needs a good defense to win. He So far, of all four guys we've talked about, he is by far number four on the list, so I'm going to say I don't trust Derek Carr to win me a playoff game. Plus, the, the weapons of the Raiders have really been deteriorating, too. I mean, That's I, fair. I, I, Henry Ruggs is obviously not with the team anymore. Yeah, so he hasn't Offensive been working with much. Stinks, in but my opinion. That also, you know, you could look at it two ways. You could look at it as he's not working with much, or you could also look at it as he's he was unable to elevate the other guys, as, say, a Tom Brady yeah. would. I, I'm also out on Derek Carr. I mean, once again, I said last night, <clears throat> excuse me, that if, if he wins this game, everything I said about him is, is null and void. I mean, that would have been an outstanding comeback in a hostile environment on the road in the playoffs against a superior Bengals team. But at this point, like you said, Trent, he needs a lot to go right around him to be, you know, he probably also needs a premium head coach. Now, I think, in my opinion, I think Passaccia should be back with them, but I don't think he's a premium head coach necessarily. I think he probably needs a play-calling head coach too, but right. we're moving on. Next up, Jimmy Garoppolo. This is another Jimmy interesting G. one because I here's why. I think, I think there's a team that can win with Jimmy Garoppolo, but I think the question here is, this, is this QB going to win the like win you yeah, the game? You like, know what I mean? And I don't think he's going to do that. I think, he could, like I said, I think he'd be on a team that wins a playoff game. He'll, you know, probably do whatever, be pretty vanilla, pretty, you know, not too risky, whatever you want to call it. But it actually go out there and win the game for you, I'm not going to take Jimmy Garoppolo. So Henry's right in terms of gamesmanship, like go win you the game? Absolutely not, because we've seen it. Biggest yeah. play of the Super Bowl, he sailed. Was it Debo Samuel who was wide open? Yeah, I think it was Samuel. Sailed it. I mean, it was not even close. It was 10 yards past him. So we've seen it, so I don't trust him. I, I'm, I'm out on Garoppolo, too. The, the, the future is there. 
and I'm losing my mind. Trey Lance. It's Trey Lance. Man, I, I forget things on this show that I'll, I remember <laughs> any other time. He, he's, he's pro- he'll probably get traded this offseason. I think they're probably going to be ready to roll with Lance. I mean, he did go 2-0 and as the starter. Maybe they'll let him sit behind him for another year. But they probably want to reach their full ceiling with Lance and not just kind of be stagnant with Garoppolo, even though they made the playoffs. Nevertheless, it's an out for me. Trust or bust, Jalen Hurts. Uh, I mean, we'll see maybe, but I, I'm, I'm going to say no. I'm, I'm not trusting it. Yeah, there's not much to go off of here. Right. Uh, the, the, the Eagles have obviously flipped their script halfway through the season in an impressive fashion, but Jalen Hurts, I mean, he doesn't throw the ball particularly well. He runs great. He's tough. He's gritty. He does what the Eagles are asked of him or what the Eagles ask of him. And I do think, we'll get to this later, I think there's a there's an avenue for the Eagles to win today, but it rests on Jalen Hurts' shoulders. I don't think it's going to happen, so I'm going to say I don't trust the guy. Once again, every time this season I have gone against the Eagles, I have gotten burned. I don't necessarily think they're going to go out and beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers tonight on the road. It'll be a tough environment defending Super Bowl champions. But something about Jalen Hurts, he's just he's just got it. I don't know. That's fair because you know people always something that like is never quantifiable in sports. Like you got it or you don't. He's just the eye test. I think the gut test. Yeah, I think he's just got it. He's got that juice. He's a gamer. I think the team really rallies around him. I mean, he's made enough throws this year, even though he doesn't have the greatest arm in the world, dating back to when he was at Alabama and Oklahoma. Him being at Oklahoma was just bizarre, too. It feels like I always forget that chapter of his career. But, you know, I'm in on Jalen Hurts. Why not? Next up, Mac Jones. Can I I get a Mark D'Antonio next question on this one? Oh, yeah. Give it to me. (laughs) Next question. Because I just don't. I don't at all. And it's it's nothing against him. I think the... Patriots need to – they have some more work to do if they want to build around Mac Jones. And look, to be a rookie and to be in contention to win your division in the last three weeks of the season and to go make the playoffs, like that's something. So that's a feather in his cap, but at this point, no. He got barrel rolled yesterday. Well, I, I didn't want to just like play into recency bias, but yeah. – I mean, I, you you watch how this team has to kind of like almost scheme around him, and like I just, you, yeah, dude, yeah. he threw three passes yeah. in week eleven or right, whatever that right. was. Yeah, so. t- it might have been two. I mean, it was attempted three, yeah, yeah, or something like that. Whatever, Mac Jones, you got anything to add, Sloan? No, not really. You know, I completely agree. I think next he's, question. He's he's gonna <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna win a lot of regular season games. I think just because of what the Patriots do on defense, and they'll always run the football like crazy. Right, but. Another layup next. That'd be Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Anybody out on Patrick Mahomes? I'm here? out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I don't think so. He's a baller. Another ter- You know, I feel like we're just. This is just turning into like a best hits of my terrible takes from semester number one. <laughs> when the Chiefs were struggling earlier this season, I was very out on them. I said I'm seriously concerned about the defense. Patrick Mahomes looks weird. People and are the Chargers were yeah. starting to catch up some, like they were picking up steam. That and was, I was like, the Chargers are going to win the division. That was my take. And damn, I. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, are my I cheeks struck rough. out on that one. Up next, and this is going to be an interesting one. The next two really are going to be yeah. some interesting conversations. That'd be Kyler Murray of the Arizona Cardinals going up against the Rams. So I'm, the funny thing about this is I'm a I'm a big Kyler Murray guy. I I really like the way Kyler Murray played. Carly, wow, I can't I can't say it. Murray plays. You love him, huh? Yeah, I, yeah, he's my favorite. <laughs> no, I, I I like watching him play. But at this point, I don't know if I trust him to win a playoff game. You know, I don't I just don't think he has the the pedigree or the resume that's that's shown it. He's a Walmart Russell Wilson. 
I'm going to say something that, oh, that's a good take. I'm going to say something that's extremely head ass right now. Can I say that? I think I can say oh, that. That's, it, um, it's, that's acceptable. We got the sheet of rules right over here. We're if, good. If the playoffs were in week one, then I would. They're, but yeah, they're okay. at the end of the season, and he gets banged up because he just physically can't withstand all that, and that's not his fault. It's just at this point, you're right, Henry, that he gets knocked knocked around a little bit. And, you know, it, Hopkins is not available. So if we're looking at it, especially just in this matchup with the Rams and the defensive line they got and the defense they have, I, I do not trust Kyler Murray at this point. I, I, I mean, I just called him a Walmart Russell Wilson. So obviously I think we all know where I stand on this one. But I'm out on Kyler Murray as well. I mean, I don't want to say I he's got problems with his, his size, but it seems like – he does get an inordinate amount of passes batted down, and there are some situations that he can't really stay in the pocket. I don't think he's ever going to be a pocket passer in this league. Cliff Kingsbury, still Oof. out on him. I, I'm not really a Kingsbury guy. Nevertheless, up next, Dak Prescott. This is an interesting one, too. You kind of teased that. Because uh, he plays great at times. He really does. But, I mean, if, if I'm going to go out there and just say, like, just gut instinct. Do I trust him? No, not necessarily. It's not like there's like if I trust him, it's like there's almost no doubt in my mind. No, there definitely could be with Dak Prescott. Dak, I don't trust, and here's why. Here, here this is and this is like probably the most debatable one on this list. Either that or Matthew Stafford, which will be a fun one when we get to that. Dak Prescott, to me, and it's not even just to me. It's what the numbers say. He, he's at his best when there's a good running game supporting him, and he can chill out. And he he's got weapons to work with, right? Like C.D. Lamb, Dalton Schultz, Amari Cooper, um, Tony Pollard, obviously Zeke out of the backfield. I'm for, I'm blanking on the other Michael uh, Gallup. Michael Gallup. Yeah. They've got Future Lion, dudes. By the way, Cedric Wilson, or yeah. I think that's his last name, Wilson. Cedric yeah. Gallup will be on the Whatever. Lions at this time next year. By the way, lots of cap space. Ooh, I don't hate it. I um, love it. I like it more than Khalif Raymond. Oh, but goodness. um, I I don't I don't trust Dak alone. Because all the games over the, over Dak's whole career, his last five, whatever, how many years he's been in the league, five, six years, he is clearly at his best when there's a running game to support him. I trust Ezekiel Elliott to have a big game today, and I think that'll help loosen Dak up, and I think that could be the avenue to victory for the Cowboys. But just Dak Prescott, no. I See, this is another take that I, I kind of live and die on. I've always been a Dak guy. You like Dak? I think he plays with a lot of heart. I think he, he can hold up in the pocket. Obviously, injury concerns are, are definitely a part of just who he is at this point. But I think that team really rallies around him, kind of like what I said with someone like Joe Burrow, someone like Jalen Hurts. He, I think, God, I hate to say he's got it, but I, no more. I'm not going to say he's got it. I'm going to actually talk X's and O's in football here. He holds up in the pocket well. He's got a strong arm. He's always going to be insulated in Dallas because they're always going to have what they need. Right. He, he they're, they're always going to be in, in a good position because they'll win games in that cruddy division NFC East that they play in. I think that Dak Prescott is has got a bright future with them. I've always been a Dak Prescott guy, but as an aside, I think that they're on big time upset alert with the 49ers going in there. Well, yeah, I mean, they could run the football and just control that football game. I think that game's a pick them to be so honest with you. And we'll, we'll give our picks later. But one thing that you said, Sloan, before we move on from Dak, the team does rally around him. And other than Brady, on this list of 14 quarterbacks, I think Dak Prescott might be the best leader on the list. Yes. In terms of leading his team, dealing with he all plays the with BS, so much outside heart. noise. Yeah. I mean, he just 
one of the best guys in the NFL. Mm-hmm. He's just he's someone you want to go follow. And I don't yep. say that about everybody. So no, and I don't like the Cowboys at all. But obviously, I completely agree. you can't deny that Dak Prescott's a top three quarterback leader yeah. in the whole league. All right, we're gonna go through this next one really quickly. It's uh, <clears throat> Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. No comment. Cough, cough. But I mean, scratchy throat. Time and time again, right? It happens. I mean, if you know, if he's gonna my keep poor getting... Vikings have fallen many times in the playoffs. Hey, you know, you know what? I will, I will swallow my pride and give Aaron Rodgers some credit here because he does get a lot of help from the officials. So how about that? If he's got that, then I do trust him. Of course. How can I not? He's got the yeah. whistle. Move on. Next up. <laughs> Ben Roethlisberger, Big Ben. Wow. At this point. At this point in his career, I don't even know if he's going to be. stinks right now. Stinks. <laughs> Dude, listen, I'm, I am going to give the worst take of the year right here. What? The, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to go with a short passing game, run the football, the are, control the, the ready. clock. This line tonight, 12 and a half. On the, the the Chiefs are laying 12 and a half. It is the biggest line in wildcard history. It is the worst line in wildcard history because Big Ben and Najee Harris and this are gonna Steelers win team and Mike Tomlin. No, they're not going to win, but I definitely think that I I will be putting a, a, shilling. a small a shilling inheritance on on, uh, <laughs> on on the Steelers to cover because I really He's betting the farm. I just people. think and and yes, Big Ben does stink at this point. But there's also you know Sloan. You always talk about Coach K and the the magic and the destiny for this season because yeah. it's his last season. It's Big Ben's last season too. Yeah. He's ended the season actually pretty good. He's played pretty well in their last two games. So I don't know. I think they could go into Kansas City and keep it close. Did anybody think that? Because I'm not this person, but I'm interested in in, in your guys' thoughts. The like the the mini lap around the field he did after the, yeah. his final game in Pittsburgh. <laughs> he and just didn't want to leave. Yeah. Was it was it too much? Because I don't necessarily think it is, but I've heard that take a couple of times. I thought it was fine. I just yeah, thought it was kind of weird that the TV, you know, the, the they television. Were, they were on. They, they were on for like all the way twenty around. minutes yeah. after the game. It's like break, break. Right. Yeah, come on, cut. Next up, Matthew. John Stafford. Ding, 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 ding. I'll see how fired up Round I'm one. Trent in this segment oh, right boy. now. Oh, boy, yeah. Hey, hey Henry's going to push all my buttons. Yeah. I, I, I like what Matt Stafford has done this year, and I, I, I know everybody's way up on him. And maybe I'm just a little bit of a contrarian. I'm not way up on him. But I, I obviously, he's a great quarterback. He's proven it this year. But do I trust him to win me in a playoff game? Trent's, Trent's like typing on his computer right well, now. It's getting I, the facts. The tension need, is building. No, I'm not. Yeah, go for it. No, I don't. Not not necessarily. Not just not just I'm not just gonna say because he played good, great, even in the regular season, I trust him to win a playoff game. I, I there's no and I guess you could make that argument for some of the younger quarterbacks we said, but to me there's just not enough data there for me to see it. Yeah, no, that's fair. I guess so I wanna look at honestly, I think the right answer is no because of what you've seen. I'm going to completely disagree, though, and I'm going to tell you why. Because the three times the Detroit Lions have made the playoffs, 2011, 2014, 2016, I want to walk through each of them real quick. 2011, you played the Saints. You were winning at halftime. You threw for 380 yards and three touchdowns. They the only no problem. Run, no run game. No run game. No yeah, run Kevin game. Smith runs for 21 yards. Mikel LaShore. Kelvin Johnson, 211 yards. So Matt Stafford and Kelvin Johnson are airing it out. The only problem is... Was that the is, game of the famous... Calvin doubled at the line of scrimmage yes. photo. Yep. That's hilarious. Yep. And the only issue is Drew Brees threw for 466 yards because the Lions secondary was that bad. So that's Justin, the game. I mean, Justin Houston starting corner. Right. And it was it was on the road. 
in New Orleans. Like that's a tough place to play. And Matt Stafford played fi- he played really well. Actually, just had no run support and no defense. 2014, we all know what happened there. The Cowboys game. The Lions were the better team. It was proven the week after that when the Cowboys got screwed in Lambeau Field, which I don't care about. No comment. 2016, you just played a better Seahawks team. You went up to Seattle. Impossible place to no, play in the playoffs. They had no chance. No chance. None. And that like, was when the Seahawks were still the Seahawks too. Exactly. So, so yes, it was still LOB. They still had all their rock solid players who are going to have their jerseys in the Raptors there the someday. Football. Yes, they still had Marshawn Lynch and in his prime. Like that was a great Seahawks team. You just got beat by a better team. So when I look at those three, none of them are on Stafford. Stafford did not make crucial mistakes in those games that lost you the game. And you do look at what he's done with this Rams team and Hank I, Henry. I completely agree. Given the fact that the Rams are going to roll in there with the two best receivers on the field in Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham Jr., they're going to roll in there with a healthy Cam Akers, uh, Sony Michelle, Which is who is wild, by red the way. hot. It's crazy. How he do got you back so from fast. A torn Achilles in eight months. Yeah, it was holy cat. Modern medicine, man. Yeah, but also he he will finally for the first time in his career, other than 2014, the 2014 Lions defense was very good. But for the first time in his playoff career, he will have a healthy and and hungry defense. In the in you know Aaron Donald, Von Miller, and those boys. So I do trust Matt Stafford to win this game against the Cardinals. I completely understand if people, given his body of work, wouldn't trust him. You but know, I do. It seems like the the Cardinals are some people's like sexy pick. But no, I mean, well, what people if, are what overthinking if, it. They're yeah, like man in if, the suit. Oh, like what have they yeah. proven over the last? latter half of the season. They're trending I mean, down more than any team. Kingsbury has been embarrassing. Yeah. I mean, I, I was at Lions Cardinals over Christmas break, and I mean, Dan Campbell <laughs> outcoached him in every way in that game. Right. They got thoroughly beaten in a game that, you know, sorry, I'm, you know, I, I support the Lions, but come on, we're not the better football team in that situation. We had no business winning that game. They just outplayed him, outcoached him. No, I, I don't think the Rams are on upset alert. Obviously, we'll have a conversation next week about the future with the Rams in the playoffs this year. But Stafford, he'll he'll get this one done against the Cardinals. I this is not a game I would I would gamble on in favor of the Cardinals. I know some people are. It's just no. My every indication for me tells me that there's not going to be any problem with this game, dude. Cardinals. The other thing before None. before we put this one to rest, Matthew Stafford has to win this. Like, do you understand how bad the narrative will be for the yeah. rest of his career if he loses this game? He, yeah. He'll never recover. He'll never. Recover. I mean, the media will rip him a new one. Yeah, all all the Detroit folks too, who were never yeah. really in his camp. Right. It'd be it'd be, it'd be one week of talking points. Yep. It'd be, it'd be, Damn, it might be a month of talking points. It would be it Thanksgiving. It might be a year of talking points. It might be. One final one. Round it out. Trust or bust Ryan Tannehill. So this is an easy one to me. I say no. See, so I, I do too. My guts know. I guess if you want to give him some credit, it's just that if, if you're asking him to just do what he does and hand the ball off to Derrick Henry and play action and RPOs, he, he, he'll win you a game. I mean, they, they went in and beat uh, – the Ravens two years but, ago. But that's Remember the that? question. Is he is he winning you the game then? No, no. Is, is so you're right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so no. I do not trust Ryan Tannehill. With Derrick Henry, yes. Without Derrick Henry, no. Which essentially so means essence, you trust Derrick Henry. Yeah. So yeah. in yeah. essence, no. Let's put Derrick Henry Tannehill. on this list and I'll, yeah. then I'll trust him. <laughs> Derrick Henry, trust or bust. Yeah. There's trust. A, you know, I want to give a couple <laughs> Big of trust. honorable mentions here because there are a few quarterbacks that did not make the playoffs that are going to be there in the future. Namely Lamar Jackson. He's the biggest one. Carson Wentz. Ooh. Uh, oh, Carson Wentz. 
mm. as Skip Bayless calls him. <laughs> God, you know, once again, Luke's worst takes ever. I, 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 I'm a Wentz guy. I, I, see, this is really tough. Why? He, I mean, like like literally why? Every big game he's in, (laughs) he plays terrible. Every, when the money's on the table, he's always, eh. For some reason, I always convince myself that he can stay on time. And if you surround him with a good running game, he can be fine. And he's, he's a leader. It's it's just I, it's just I'm hard. taking that to my grave. It's We're hard write that on my grave. It is hard for me to get behind that Sloan when the last two what games. About Lamar? The, I mean, he, I mean, we're all in on Lamar, right? I am. Yeah. Yes. But Wentz, I am. though, we have some some differences here. Jacksonville. Ugh. Yeah. That was yikes. Bad. You, the, you can't you yeah. can't lose to the worst team. The the worst. They're picking first. You lose to it's a win in your end scenario. Oh, just a terrible situation. We're you, gonna, you, you can't. You just can't do that. I, I got a question here because yes. this, this was a talking point a little while ago, and I mean, this season this season's team is not the great line to base it off of. But do you trust Matt Ryan to win you a playoff game? Yes, I think Matt Ryan and Matthew Stafford are uncanny similar, and I just yeah, I, okay. Obviously, Stafford has a bigger arm. Matt Ryan makes less mistakes. I think that Matt Ryan. I mean, yeah. Absolutely. I, th- I know a lot of people give Kyle Shanahan all the props in the world for that MVP season in the Super Bowl run, as they should, because it was mostly Shanahan's doing. But Matt Ryan is the perfect quarterback that I think Sloan was just describing as Carson Wentz. Like, if he's got a good run game, he's got God, a few weapons, I'm he's got good coaching. I'm not consistent at all, though, because I'm not a Ryan guy. Really? <laughs> I, I, I love think his arm Matt Ryan. Is, I think his arm is just kind of, eh, he's a statue. He'll be Roethlisberger in two years. He'll be Roethlisberger in a year and a half. Statue... Can't move outside of the pocket. I don't know. He did get him to a Super Bowl, though, and they should have won, obviously, against the yes. aforementioned New England Patriots. But I'm trying to think, are there any other quarterbacks that we may have missed? I mean, someone like Tua. Justin Herbert. Tua's nowhere close. Yeah. I'd trust Herbert. He almost won them that game in Vegas. I mean, Herbert didn't really have a bad game this year. He, I could be way off on that, but it seemed like every week he was consistent, and it was just a matter of if the Chargers defense showed up. Here's another one. One more NFL thing before we break, and then we'll talk some Lions. Raiders, ch- Chargers, one of the best regular season football games I've ever seen. It was great. Before Brandon Staley called that timeout, was Rich Passaccia just going to run that football, let the let the clock wind out, tie ball game? He might have. I'm convinced that he was. Who knows, though, because it's a division matchup. I, I was trying to explain this to my roommates. I'm not quite sure if I would have done that. Like, think about it. I would not, I think would about not it. have. You if it's Lions Bears, the locker room, I think. Well, also if it's if it's the Lions versus the Bears, and I got a chance to take them out. Like if I kick this and make it, we're in. If I miss it, we tie, and I'm in. So you're gonna try to take them out, right? Like it's your, it's one of your rivals. Yeah, I jugular, cut them yeah. up. Am I crazy? send them home? I agree. I, I'm with. You. But am I crazy for thinking that? For a moment there, it was going through his head that they were going to tie that football game. Oh, I think so. I was I waiting so for, for the sure. the way the the broadcasters were setting it up too. I was waiting for the uh, the old. I thought they were going to go meet at the logo, both both coaches, and talk it over before they actually <laughs> did something. I don't know. That would have been hilarious. That's just a football a pipe movie. dream for football fans. But no, I mean they're, they're division opponents, they're division rivals. I never would have taken a knee if if you got a chance to you know yeah send them home. More football on the other side. We're going to talk our beloved teams, the Detroit Lions, who finished the year 3-3 three and three very strong, and the Minnesota Vikings, who are now going in a completely different direction. You know, new man on the Minnesota Vikings. There's some new <laughs> new men on the Minnesota Vikings. That was Multiple. fire. Wow, I just unplugged my headset. Good job, I, Sloan. I, I don't know. 
unbelievable. There's no other way to, to do this, but we're just going to take it into break. This is the Green and White Report on WDBM East Lansing. 89 FM. You want to cut matters. Are you finding it harder to wake up in the morning? Coffee just not doing the trick lately? Morning commute putting you in a bad mood before work? Stress no more. Impact's here to make your mornings a little brighter with AMs on 89. Join our hosts, Taylor and Luke, as they cover the latest news headlines, current happenings, and trending topics that you want to hear about. AMs on 89, every Monday morning from 8 to 10 a.m., only on 88.9 The Impact. Oh yeah, this is happening. This is happening. All right, we won the game. Lift on three. One, two, three. No, oh, hey, guys, why, why are you bring me outside? <laughs> what if it rains? My bolster is not built to hold up in the rain. The I mean, it's cold out here. I don't I don't think I'm supposed to be out in the okay, street. Okay. Let's drop here. You got the gas. Wait, what do, you, what do you got over there? Go, 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 go. Oh, what is this? Oh, it smells awful. Why are you doing this? Remember all the times we spent together? Just me and you and the occasional special guest, as you called them? All the time we spent playing Mario Kart and watching Netflix together? What? Does that mean nothing to you? Wait, wait, don't come near me with that. That's really hot. Ow! Why are you doing this? The couch I made for sitting in comfort! Spartan teams are bound to win. Don't rally around the wrong thing. You could get kicked out of the Spartan family and blow your chances of landing that dream job. Celebrate safely and focus your heat on that special friend, not your upholstery. Brought to you by the MSU Celebrations Committee. Welcome back to the Green and White Report. It is a sports takeover today on WDBM. 2 o'clock, 1.30 for the pregame show. Michigan State women's basketball hits the floor against Northwestern. You can hear Michael Markoch and Owen Ozust on the call. Like I said, 1.30 for the pregame show. And some late-breaking news as well. Michigan State is going to be without head coach Susie Merchant for this game due to COVID-19 protocols. Get well, Susie. Yes. Our, the Green and White Report sends you your thoughts we hope you get back on the floor very soon. But 2 o'clock tip-off time, Michigan State and Northwestern women's basketball right here on WDBM. All right. It is, we're going to, we're going to get a little bit, we're going, we're going to a soft spot now. America's our, favorite our segment. teams. It's America's favorite segment. And even if it's not, it has to be. And I'm going to call it America's favorite segment the, because it should be. The 2021, technically 2022, because the season bled into the new year, Detroit Lions and Minnesota Vikings season review now yeah seven days without lions football that's what trent put on the the document miss him you were there last week at this time i was and it was a blast and it was a great way to end the season anytime you can beat the packers is great and i know that's the cliche but it's so true i mean that's the standard in this division right and if you're able to beat the packers albeit without aaron Rodgers for a half without Devonte adams for a half but but the Detroit Lions were winning the half that they played, yep. as they did on the Monday Night Football Week 2 matchup, and then everything kind of unraveled from there. But I was impressed, man. I really I, I loved the way the Lions played. They came in with a game plan. You know, regard, Dan Campbell had no idea if Rodgers was going to even suit up, right? So I, I just liked the way that they didn't stray too far from what the bread and butter was. Throw the ball to Amon Russ St. Brown, uh, run the ball to Swift, run, mix in Williams a little bit, and let Goff just make the throws that he has to make. There were a couple misses, but he misses every week here and there. So 3-13-1, the final record for the Lions, wins over the Vikings, which made me jump up from my couch and scream and run Oof. around. 
wins over the Cardinals, Packers, and then a tie at the wretched Pittsburgh Steelers, who are just terrible, and they're going to definitely not cover today, in my opinion, against the Chiefs. More on that later. I can't bet against them. But, gosh, the the first question you put on here is really interesting because it's basic at its core, but when you think about it, it's, was this season a success for the Lions? If you were to ask me this question through 10 weeks when they were winless, I would have a tough time saying yes because things were looking very down. But considering the turnaround, 3-3 three and three the last six games of the season, the vibes were good. Players really started developing at the end of the year on both sides of the ball. I think this season was a smashing success, in my opinion. Now, three wins. And- <laughs> uh, smashing. Hang on. A smashing success with three wins? Here's the thing. And this team has a I, culture I can, now. I can understand the, the argument for success, but a smashing success? That seems a little... Smashing. The, I'm going with smashing. Okay. Smashing is a, is a generous word. However, as the lion slappy of the show, I can't disagree with you, Sloan, and yes. here's why. Coming into the season, the expectation was simply to lay the foundation. That's what Brad Holmes harped on over and over and over. And obviously, 313-1 is not good enough, and it never will be. However, however... If you look at, and and I guess this is my biggest takeaway from the season, is if you win these three games in the first five weeks and then you don't win another game the rest of the way, Dan Campbell might not have a job. So to come on strong at the end and sort of get the bad taste out of people's mouth and give them some momentum to work with going into next season, your fans that is, and you did all of this without your best offensive lineman in Frank Ragnow, your best defensive lineman in Romeo Aquara, one of your Flowers better receivers, yeah, Trey Flowers, one of your better receivers in Quintess Cephas. You, you maybe saw a little flash week one and two before he broke his clavicle. So you're doing all this with those guys. You know, DeAndre Swift's in and out of the lineup. Williams is in and out. So for the Lions to be able to string together three wins in the last, what was it, six weeks, seven weeks, that to me is impressive, and it does lay the, lay the foundation because – all the knocks on this team through the first 10 weeks were reversed and nullified in the last seven. And what I mean by that is Dan Campbell's clock management, Dan Campbell going for it on fourth down. By the way, Detroit Lions set the record for fourth down conversions attempted and converted. A historical season for the Detroit Lions. Attempted historical. 41, converted 21, which means they are better than 50% in win, uh, go for it, play into win situations. So you you have all that into play, right? You seem to have found a weapon in Amon Ross St. Brown. You seem to have found or continued uh, your weapon's success in DeAndre Swift, and you added Jamal Williams to the fold instead of an old Adrian Peterson. Craig Reynolds, too. Craig, Craig Reynolds is now on the roster for a little pick-me-up when you need it. So yeah, yeah, why not for him? And the biggest one that I want to get to is that Jared Goff, who was very average at best, throughout 10 weeks, really flipped the script after that Steelers tie and played pretty well the rest of the way. He missed three games and still managed to finish 20th in the NFL in passing yards and touchdowns. Obviously, that's not great, but it definitely ain't bad. I want to remind everyone there's 32 quarterbacks, 32 starting quarterbacks in this league, and he was in the top 20, so it's not it's not horrible. And to, for me, what Jared Goff proved is that he did enough, and he did enough to go into next season with a clean slate and at least a chance to prove himself with a new offensive coordinator, a healthy offensive line, probably another receiver or two, a easier schedule on paper. There's Drake a lot. London, please. Yes, yes, no kidding. So there's a lot you're kind of looking at at this point, and it's like Jared Goff absolutely did enough. And before I turn it over to you, Sloan, I do want to bring up the fact that there's also no 
quarterback in this draft that you want. Bailey Sp- Zappi. Definitely not at two, right? Yeah. But, you know, even in the later rounds, would I mind it if the Lions took a flyer on a guy like Zappi or... Um, in, like, the fourth, please. Or Coral. Like, yeah, it, it, not it's the, like... Not the first two rounds, please. Or Pickett. You know, if if he somehow slides into the third round, whatever. I wouldn't mind it, but I definitely don't think it's the draft where you're going to get your franchise quarterback. You might. Especially you might considering find... next year Stroud's going to be on the board. Bryce Young Bryce is going to be on the board. The next Russell yeah. Wilson, in my opinion. Um, so you might. you Good take. Yeah. So you <laughs> might get your Dak Prescott in the fourth round. Who knows? I, I'm just saying, like, it, Jared Goff did enough at the end of the season. He came on strong, and especially with Dan Campbell and Ben Johnson, the tight ends coach, calling plays. Jared Goff, too. Jared Goff was great. the The mistakes were the mistakes cut back, and I also want to. I, I know I'm just rambling at this point, but one final thing I want to bring up about Jared Goff: he went and won you two games. We just did the quarterback thing. Do you trust these quarterbacks to win you playoff games? Jared Goff led a game winning drive to beat the Minnesota Vikings, and he led a game-winning drive to go beat the Packers at the end of that Week set, week 18 matchup. And the Cardinals game, wire-to-wire against a, a really good team. So that's all I got to say on Goff. I think that he did enough. The, the main reason why this season is such a success in my eye, and you know, I would say smashing success, and I'll, I'll explain the reason why. Obviously, the, re- the results are not up to par. 313-1, and one, I, I don't really want to sing the praises of that record at all. I, I still have some concerns about Dan Campbell's game management, whether it be with timeouts, play calling, et cetera, et cetera. Even though, like you said, Trent, I do give him a lot of credit that improved greatly over the last half of the season. It's still something where I'm going to enter next season saying he's got to prove that he's grown from that. You know, I think that's still a factor. But after Matt Patricia and all the horror stories from Darius Slay to Quandre Diggs to Every player who had a microphone in front of him, in front of him at one point, who said, you know, not only how terrible Patricia was, but just degrading and just terrible. The culture was in shambles when Dan Campbell took over this team. These guys genuinely love to play for Dan Campbell, and yes, I understand that there's there's problems with his in game coaching. That will that will, there's needs to be a new offensive coordinator. But Both it those, got better too. Yeah. That's the thing. It improved. His play calling got better too, in my mm-hmm. opinion. But 65 percent of what makes a good coach is his guys have got to play for him. These guys play for Dan Campbell. They could have quit when this team was winless and. It was a long, grueling season with an added game. To go 3-3 three and three the latter half of the year, injuries, COVID problems, this team stuck with him, and, and I think they genuinely love playing for him. And I love the post-game locker room videos. They're just great. Welcome to De- welcome to Detroit. Yes. We need to get that as a drop. To welcome all, to Detroit. Yeah. Hey, welcome to Detroit. To all the people who are so skeptical and cynical about the celebrations in the locker room, Save it, man. Shove it. This team, it's the first year of a brand new regime. They're trying to change the culture, which, as you said, Luke Sloan, it was horrible under Matt Terrible. Patricia and Bob. Players hated that guy. They wanted to get out of here. Yeah. And now you, what you have is your fullback, Jason Cabinda, shout out, going on Good Morning Football. Penn State. Going on Good Morning Football and talking about how he would run through a brick wall for Dan Campbell. Obviously, it's a sports cliche, but players don't ever say that kind of stuff. Unless they Never. really love their coach. Players have Especially said it about Mike NFL. Tomlin before. It's, NFL's a brutal league. Brutal. Right. These are men. 
And for Jason Kabinda to say that, I think that speaks volumes. You know, for for these defensive players to never give up and, and just fight as hard as they did. We got guys like Jerry Jacobs and Charles Harris, just throwaways, playing out of their minds for this yeah. guy. So I think you know, Jalen Reeves-Maben is another guy who just rises to the occasion. Is he a starting caliber linebacker in this league? Absolutely not. But does he play hard? Does he hit hard? Is he savvy? Does he want to play for his coach? Yes. And that's kind of the bottom line, and you nailed it, Sloan. That was... The big that's why if you want to call the season a smashing success, you are allowed to do so simply because of the culture that was laid in place. And now you roll into next year with some real expectations. Even the X's and O's as well, thinking about what transpired on the football field, this was a top ten team in the NFL running the football. We have not said that since the nineteen nineties and Barry Sanders being here. Ooh. Multiple running backs. DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams, even someone like Craig Reynolds, Jamar Jefferson, other people stepped up. Godwin Iwabuke, Iwabuke. Godwin. Something like that. Nevertheless, hey, there's Brendan Shabath. What's going on, sir? This is good stuff. Our good friend. This is live radio right here. (laughs) We're going to have Brendan on soon to talk some Michigan State basketball. And, And by soon, I mean in a few minutes. But nevertheless... Man, I completely lost my train of thought. Talk about live radio distractions. <laughs> look, look. The X's and O's, they ran the football really well. Amonra St. Brown developed beautifully. Yes. They had some defense. Lee McNeil and Levi, another on, name. On Wuzurike. On Wuzurike started developing really nicely as the season went along. This team started developing some players. Like you said, Jerry Jacobs. It was really a shame he got injured. Even someone like... Like AJ Parker, yeah, AJ Parker really came along. Tracy Walker took steps this year. There is a a foundation of young players that this team can definitely build on. Yeah, absolutely. And in my, I have a little off-season checklist or to-do list for the Detroit Lions, and and one of them is to obviously get players healthy. And then I think the other thing is you have to get rid of the Quinn Patricia guys that failed. And I'm talking about Trey Flowers, Will Harris. They do not need to be back. But third which I think this might be the most important thing to do this year, this offseason, to keep your continuity and your culture moving forward, you have to re-sign the free agents that play their butts off and earn spots. And I'm talking about Jalen Reeves-Maben, Charles Harris, Tracy Walker. Those are the three guys, to me, that played their their, their butts off. And, you know, if they've got a little bit better support in their position groups, can absolutely be leaders of a a very, you know, above-average defense. It's got to be defensive end at two... And wide receiver at twenty seven or whatever doesn't have even, to be. I would even take the safety at two. I yeah. mean, we, we obviously we're going to have months and months to talk about this kind of stuff, the draft. But the Lions just need players everywhere. And call me crazy, pass rusher is is one of them. But for the value you're going to get these two guys at, I don't know if I love it because you or, need a, you need another safety. What, do you, what what would you think about trading down too? Well, you could always do that. They, yes, yeah, and, and who knows what Brad Holmes will do because. Pick up some more assets. I wouldn't necessarily hate that because I'm not in love with Hutchinson or Thibodeau. I'm not either. I, I'm not sold on either one. Neither that's kind I. of why. That's kind of why I was so with. You know, win as many games as you can. Who cares about the first pick? Let the Jaguars make that decision, and you'll pick whoever's left. You'll scoop them up. So Henry, the Minnesota Vikings, the the purple and gold, mm. some wholesale changes over there. Firing, firing GM Rick Spielman, Spielman yeah. and uh, Mike Zimmer as well. Are you on board with the wholesale changes that are going to be happening in Minneapolis? Here's the thing. I, I mean, I completely understand that it's time and Zimmer's out. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I was a little bit surprised about Rick Spielman. Because I th- By the he way, did. he's going to join the Lions front office in the next couple months. You you watch. 
Well, his assistant brother, GM, his over there, isn't brother Chris. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. our he's our. Uh, I forget what his official title is. Like he's a senior advisor to the governor. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> go for it. So you were you were surprised by Spielman? I, well, I because here's the thing. To me, the the job of the of the GM is to put together a team for a coach to then coach. And you look at this Vikings roster; it's loaded with, especially the offensive side of the ball. Yes, it's loaded with all kinds of talent. You know, I think from top to bottom, it's not a bad roster. They've lost pieces over the last couple of years, but. With that, even with that in mind, I, I still think that Spielman kind of really, I think, did a great job putting together this roster. I was surprised to see that, but I guess you know, at some point, things just got to change, and they want to change the whole culture. I guess maybe there's more going on behind the scenes than I'm real aware of. But I was surprised by the DM firing, to say the least. Anyways, I, I, the the Zimmer firing, I was, I was still, I was almost ready to give him another year. But I, well, I remember last time we talked. Yeah, I remember I, you saying you, you. I was almost ready one more Zim, year. You've always been a Zim guy. I have been for whatever reason. Maybe I'm just afraid of change. I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's been very comfortable there. They're yeah. never terrible. They're always on the graphic. They're always in the playoff mix. So well, I think the thing that they just maybe never as- ascended above that. The, the, I guess. Yeah, go and ahead, I want Chad. your opinion on this, Henry, because you are a Vikings guy. Like, was it maybe, do you think it was maybe the fact that he's a defensive coach and the defense was sort of faltering the last few years, whereas that. they might want to get a young offensive coach in here because you've got Justin Jefferson and Kellen Delvin Moore. Cole. So I was going to say, his baby is the defense, and the defense has not looked great the last two right. seasons at least. And then the other problem is you have all this talent on the offensive side of the ball that's just being squandered. It's being wasted. You look at, you look at Adam Thielen's career, even Delvin Cook, like you're at, you're kind of, Justin Jefferson's just starting his young career. You're you're a little bit of a. There's a chance these guys might want to go play somewhere else. You look at Stephon Diggs leaving in the last couple of years. I I think they're they're worried that Zimmer wasn't taking advantage of those offensive assets, and you don't want to waste those the years of those uh those great players' careers. So that's a good point. Maybe since the defense wasn't doing it what it's supposed to be doing, it's time to bring an offensive minded coach, like you said, and and just take advantage of the assets you have on that side of the ball, which I'm all for it because you look at that. Yeah. That's like a Pro Bowl. That's like a Pro Bowl pos- uh, skill position group, really. You know, so I'm you, excited to see that. Maybe you've got a more objective opinion than than Trent and I do, especially. Yeah, we're over the right moon now about the Lions. <laughs> do, do the Detroit Lions have the brightest future in the NFC North? That, I saw that in the doc, and you think about it, Rogers probably out in Green Bay, or or at the very least, not happy about his position there. He'll be a he'll be a Bronco, or you know, Trent's got an interesting theory on that too. I, yeah, Niners. Yeah, Trent says Niners. And obviously, the, the Chicago making their executive changes as well. I think the the Lions definitely have the most potential. You can say that, right? They, or they have the most room for not the most potential, the most room for improvement, right? Yes. They, they have. So, but I'm actually going to give the argument for the Vikings as well, just because if you do get a coach in there that's going to take advantage of the weapons that you have on both sides of the ball, really, they they could be a team that two years ago was making a a, a playoff run, you know. And I could still see that. This team still has it in them. I just think, whatever reason, they got to put the pieces together in the right way to the, make it happen. The case for the Vikings is clearly and obviously the offense, and yeah. they can beat anybody with that offense. You can go beat anybody. Is Cousins, you, is, is Cousins still the guy to lead that's that the thing, offense? Though, too. Maybe you got to start looking at Kirk Cousins as well. And Upgrade just, a quarterback. He's got that big contract, but I mean, Zimmer can do or the coach can do whatever he wants to take advantage of those weapons. The guy throwing the ball is right. Is Kirk Cousins, and that it ultimately comes down to him. That doesn't look like it's changing yet, so we'll see how that how that looks. With, if with Cousins still at the helm, and let's say nothing changes offensively, Lions absolutely have the brightest future in terms of the upside that they have. And that question was born in the I, with the idea that look, the Bears 
regime change, Vikings regime change, yeah. Packers about to lose Aaron Rodgers. I don't Most think there's likely. any way he comes back. Yeah. And I and with him goes Devontae Adams. They restructured their contracts for crying out loud. They're not coming back. Yeah. So I just think that, you know, you saw you gotta look at Jordan Love in week eighteen. He wasn't great. You've got looks at Justin Fields. I'm not convinced. So you're right, Hank, that the Vikings and the I think the Vikings and Lions are one and two. You can argue about where who has the brighter future, whatever. I think the Vikings probably do, but the Lions do have the full package in that they have a head start on all the other three teams because they have laid the foundation and they have their coach for the foreseeable future. Henry, who do you want as the next Vikings coach and why is it Kellen Moore? <laughs> Kellen Moore with all those weapons on offense. You want Mel Tucker? Yeah, just, let's bring up uh, Jim Harbaugh from no. I'm just, oh, uh, yeah. PSA: He's not leaving. He is not no, leaving Michigan. So every year this happens. Every single year. But in all seriousness, a pretty intriguing pool of interviews has already been done. Rumored candidates for the Vikings job. I think Dan Quinn got interviewed too. Is there one you like more than the others? I I, I haven't have I have no uh, what do they say no stokes in the fire. Is that the is that the phrase? Yes, that works. I, I have no I have no preference here. They they hired Zimmer kind of like out of like an obscure position, and I, I thought he was I liked him his first few years, you know. So I, I got I got no uh, no horse in the race. Maybe that's a better one to say. Two and two and two. You did two in that segment. Yeah. Or, Flame in the fire, whatever horse, <laughs> horse in the race. I'm terrible with sayings. Just absolutely, absolutely terrible. <laughs> off season goals for the Lions. My dream off season is probably drafting Drake London and signing Michael Gallup and having those two next to Amonra St. Brown. But Lord knows if I dream it, it probably won't happen because that'd be the optimal scenario. But I think we're we're pretty on board with please God no quarterback in the first or second round, right? I, you know, they do have cap space. I'd like to see him go add a wide receiver in free agency. I yeah, think, why I think not? they need to. The name that I've heard a little bit is Michael Thomas. Shout out to the great Jack Ebling. We were talking about That'd this a couple weeks ago. Michael Thomas is, is he's kind of reached a point in his career where he's still productive when healthy, and people have just kind of forgotten about him. Got the Dan Campbell had, connection too. Yeah, yes, that's the, that that I think plays into it is the whole Saints thing because Dan Campbell, people forget he was a tight ends coach, but that's still on the offensive side of the ball, so he's working with these guys still. So uh, that's something to watch. I definitely think. Something that you really, really need to pay attention to if you're a Lions fan or or want to see the team succeed. Aaron Glenn cannot. You need to keep that guy here. And you know he's he took an God, interview he's, with. He's, the, he's probably not on this team a year from now. Honestly, he is ascending quickly. He took he took an interview with the Denver Broncos. And and honestly, if I'm the Broncos, as much as Aaron Glenn showed how great he is. They got to go in a different direction. They just had a defensive coach and Fangio. God, so they're going to hire Dan Quinn. I'm seeing yeah. this morning that they're going to hire Dan Quinn. They I cannot just, make that oof. mistake again. I just think they got to go offensive coach. So I don't feel confident that that Aaron Glenn is going to get hired away. I think we will still have him here in Detroit a year from now. So that's where I would disagree with you, Sloan. But I definitely think it's got to be high priority. If you got to restructure his contract, you got to give him a little more money. Do it because he had Jerry Jacobs. AJ Parker, Amani Orowarie took steps. Uh, Jalen Reeves, Maben, like we steps. already said, Julian Okwara. All these young players played great this year, and it's because of Aaron Glenn. And a lot of these guys won't even be starting next year, but they can still contribute. You know, one kind of last thing I want to talk about is the Anthony Lynn situation. Very strange. You know, I liked the hire a lot when it was made. Obviously, they were going to run the crap out of the football. Twelve personnel. 
extra offensive lineman. That that, that was you know, Anthony Lynn's a former running back and a running backs coach in, in Buffalo. It never really was a fit. I, I, I wanted it to be one pretty badly, but it, it's got to be Ben Johnson, I think, as the new offensive coordinator. But does he call plays or does, does Campbell continue to call plays? I, what he, he improved on that later in the season. What I've heard, and I'm not sure if this is true or not, but what I've heard is a lot of the trickery and the excitement that was going on, you know, Tom Kennedy passing 75-yard touchdown they passes. They call that play boiler, boiler, boiler. Is that what something. they called it? Yeah, I saw it on social media. That's fun. But I guess uh, um, what apparently, I'm hearing apparently is that... Apparently David Blau helped Ben Johnson design that play. Well, that would, under, yeah. be, that would explain why it's boiler, boiler. But Ben Johnson is apparently the mind behind a lot of the creativity going on. Dan Campbell is the steadfast trust in your quarterback. He's Jared Goff. He, he's the Jared Goff coach. So... I definitely think you got to stay in house. I definitely think you got to promote Ben Johnson. So I agree. I don't really want to go outside and bring in another guy. But as far as the Lynn situation goes, you just whiffed. You, sometimes you know, I think franchises try to make excuses and beat around the bush. And you know, oh, here's why we did it. No, you brought in Lynn because you thought, yeah, you're going to run the run the hell out of the ball and it's going to be a good fit. It wasn't. He didn't get along with Goff. But you know, for him to stay here all season and professionally coach and just be be around and not leave him high and dry. That was pretty classy in my opinion. And look, I wish him nothing but the best. You just you whiffed. You whiffed. And that's okay. You have to move on. You you just promote Ben Johnson. It's really that simple. Like Ben I mean, Coach Johnson is got to be the heavy favorite. But if there's anybody who could would it be Joe Brady? Him and Cam were together in in New Orleans. Yeah, there's there's a lot of candidates and honestly I haven't looked at any of them cuz I haven't really thought much about it at this point. Because we'll see as the playoffs wear on, too. I mean, there will be certain coordinators that pop here and there. But, um, again, ultimately, I would just rather, given the culture you built over this last, you know, 18-game slate or 18-week slate, um, I would like to stay in-house. So I don't really even want to entertain many thoughts of outside hires. I just think you've got, smoke them if you got them. You know, you've got Ben Johnson. He's a great offensive mind, would probably love the opportunity to call plays. Final 20 minutes of the show on deck. Preview of the NFL playoff games to come. The picks and finishing the show with Gambling Corner. Another Sunday on the Green and White Report. 89 FM, the music that matters. They say all good things must come to an end. Well, they obviously never heard of Impact's online stream. Go to www.impact89fm.org and listen to our never-ending live stream as much as you want. The delicious music never has to end. Take that, they. Impact 89FM. First hey, what floor are you going to? <clears throat> oh, uh, three, thanks. <coughs> hey, didn't we uh, have... Yeah, that one class. Yeah, that's so funny to, <laughs> to see you, because I <coughs> thought maybe we could... Uh, would you ever want to... Um, <coughs> I was wondering if you, if I could stick my finger in your eye. What? No. Oh, <clears throat> I just flushed some toilets and touched a doorknob. What? I've been keeping this moist Kleenex Ew, in my pocket. That's uh, so gross. I thought we could, you know, just stick my finger Ugh. in your eye. Is that weird? No, don't touch me. What's wrong with you? Oh, sorry. Well, ever since you got in the elevator, you've been coughing all over your hands and pressing those buttons, so I just thought you were into that kind of thing. Free. Studies show that three quarters of women and only half of men actually wash their hands in the bathroom. That's nasty. Stop the flu and other germs by regularly washing with soap and avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. More at cdc.gov slash clean hands. 
Impact 89 FM. Welcome back to the Green and White Reports. 18 minutes before the hour, 1 o'clock on WDBM. Once again, there's women's basketball coming up at 2 p.m. here on WDBM. No Susie Merchant for that one, but Michigan State will look to pick up a win against Northwestern. Preview of the NFL playoff games here to come. We'll start with Eagles at Buccaneers. And Trent, you alluded to this a little bit, but do the Eagles have a path to victory in Tampa Bay today? There's absolutely a path to victory, given the fact that the Buccaneers are so banged up. Um, you know, no, obviously no Godwin. And you're dealing with, you got Brady here, and he's a gamer, and he's a winner. So, yes, I think the Buccaneers will pull it out. But eight points, the, the Eagles play kind of a sleepy game. They kind of catch you sleeping a little bit. You know, they'll run the ball. They're the best. They're the number one running team in the NFL offensively. So I think they're going to play their game. And, hey, if they can keep Brady off the field, like I said earlier, and just force Brady to throw the ball downfield and play catch up and maybe panic a little. I know the word panic and Tom Brady's an oxymoron. But I'm just saying the Eagles could absolutely, if they make it their game, they could win this thing. And I know that sounds so cliche, but the Eagles play such a specific brand of football, which is run the ball and then bend but don't break on defense. And if they're able to do that, man, anything's possible. I do think the Buccaneers win. I'm going to pick the Eagles to cover the eight, though. I think this game could be eerily similar to the first-round matchup last year for Tampa Bay when they went to Washington. I think they went to Washington. Yeah. And it was it was a dogfight. Heineke. I mean, yeah, it was the Taylor-Heineke game. He went from the St. Louis... Battle Hawks of the XFL to XFL Arena Football. I don't know. It was something. I love alternate football leagues. Michigan <laughs> Panthers are coming back, by yeah, the way. Woo-hoo. Nevertheless, this could be similar, sneaky game. I, I, I also have the Eagles covering more in the picks coming up, but what do you think, too, Henry? Any, any, do you see a world where the Eagles win today? Uh, yeah, I, I do see a world where they win today. It's possible. I, I mean, that's, this is kind of a downtrodden Buccaneers team. I think they find a way to win, but it's, it's hard, uh, I have a hard time seeing it not being a close game, so I think Eagles cover as well. And this is another one. You, Trent put this on the show sheet, but he calls him Psycho Tom. Does Psycho Tom come into play because of Super Bowl, what was it, 56? L-I-I. 52. Wow. Yeah. That's, hey. <laughs> 50, 52, I, I think. I, I, when it comes to Roman numerals, I have... Well, X is yeah, like five, I think. X is ten. X is ten. Oh crap! Five is V. Whatever. We're ah, not. We're not here terrible. to teach. I guess the reason that I put that question in there about Psycho Tom is That's because a great point. He holds teams. He holds grudges against teams. And he motivates himself. He's Michael Jordan asking that way. Yeah. He'll create narratives that don't really exist. The Eagles beat him in Super Bowl Fifty Two. That's a great point. So now he's playing the Eagles with this a new could team. Be a, a vengeance game. Yeah, it could be. Lord, and okay. that was so long ago, and it's a different team. But uh, now, now that might be change. That I'm, I'm a believer in that theory, Trent. That might be changing my opinion. I think the Buccaneers might win bigger than eight points today. Okay. Next game on deck: 49ers at Cowboys. The question is, who do you trust more in this game, Jimmy G or Dak Prescott? I gotta go with Dak. I don't love either quarterback. If you want to hear why. Wait till this comes out in podcast form and rewind about a half hour, 45 minutes, because we did a whole segment on it. But Dak Prescott, to me, again, if the Cowboys are running the ball effectively, which I think they will, they've got a healthier offensive line now. Zeke Elliott, you know, he's, he looked pretty good last week in, in limited capacity. I think Zeke rolls, and I just think Dak's able to, to ride his coattails a little bit. That sounds demeaning to Dak. It's not a knock on Dak, but I trust Dak more than I trust Jimmy G. 
I, you know, like you said, I'm a big Dak guy. Also, given more, the weapons so Dak has, too. Guys. Yeah. I think that, I do think that this is a sneaky upset game here because, I mean, you, I could see a path where the, the 49ers run the football, they control the clock, their defense is fresh, they keep them off the field a little bit. Plus, I mean, this is a 49ers team that has Super Bowl pedigree. I mean, obviously, they didn't win it when Jimmy G threw that pick and they lost to the Chiefs for their first Super Bowl. But am I crazy to think that this could be... I don't have the upset happening because I'm a Cowboys guy, and you guys know I have been all year long. But I think that this one is more of an upset alert than the Eagles game, in my opinion. I don't see it. I want Henry in the mix. I, oh. I just think the Cowboys are better in every way at this point in the season. I It could be, and I like what we said earlier, I trust Dak more than I trust Jimmy G, but the way the 49ers closed out the season with that win over the Rams – I'm, I just like I like yeah. the I like the mojo going in this game. I think the Rams could, or excuse me, I, t- I think the 49ers could take care of business here. All right, there's another thing here on the sheet that I think Trent put down, and I have no context of this. I I have not seen this, but it says Jerry Jones fears that 49ers fans will take over Jerry World. Is this actually a thing? So there's like a there's a thing going around on social media. I think the Rams did it as well, where it's like, dude, don't resell your tickets because opposing fans are the ones that come get them. So Kelly staff. There was some on that one. Yeah, I don't think there's much to discuss here. I kind of just threw it in there because it's interesting to talk about. No one's ever taken over Jerry World, so I don't think I don't see why you'd be concerned whatsoever. But it also could just be reverse psychology by Jerry Jones to get his fans riled up and get a few more tickets and get a few more Cowboys fans in the seats. Because the 49ers have fans everywhere. We know that. Yeah. You know, I've been meaning to say this on air probably for a while, but, you know, Kelly Stafford. Oof. F- gr- I lo- <laughs> Kelly Stafford, great person, phenomenal. You know, mother. she did a lot of, of charitable work in Detroit. She's very giving, very kind, a great mother, a great person. But Kelly... Stop, get off social media, stop podcasting. It's like, does anyone care? I mean, I mean, this is, I don't know. Am I, am I, am I heartless for, for, for having that take? No, I mean, she, she's thrown food at fans. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I, I love her. I love her passion. I love, you know, the fact that she's in her husband's corner. You add in the fact that Matt Stafford doesn't have social media. So she's kind of his voice of reason and his spokesperson to the people. Yeah. So that's kind of cool, but yeah, no, I agree. It, I didn't notice it as much when she was in Detroit, but now that she's in LA and I kind of see it from the outside looking in, it's a little over the top, but hey, hey, it's intense. I mean, yeah. It's football. I don't know. Henry, am I evil? Absolutely not. All right. We're, 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 we're dancing <laughs> on a, what's his name? Mahomes' brother. We're, we're dancing on that territory. Jackson, Jackson Mahomes. Jackson Mahomes we, don't, we, don't need, we don't even have to go down that rabbit hole. Good Lord. segue though into Steelers Chiefs. Yes. Steelers at Great Chiefs segue. next game. That's tonight's isn't it? It's the late game, isn't that it? That is, yes. Okay. So Big Ben says the Steelers stand no chance. Is that, what is the context of this? This is interesting. In his press conference at the beginning of the week, he was asked about their game plan for the Chiefs or whatever, and he basically is a Freudian slip because he said we're playing the number one seed. They're not the number one seed. The Titans are. But it basically means the Chiefs are the team to beat in the AFC right now. I think everyone knows that. They've gone to two straight Super Bowls. They won one two years ago. Patrick Mahomes has won an MVP in the last two years. So they're red hot. And they were 3-4 and at one point in this season, and they have not looked back since. Uh, They're they're on a roll, so they're definitely the team to beat. And what Big Ben basically said was they don't stand a chance. They're playing for house money. I'm paraphrasing, of course. And 
I think it was a little tongue-in-cheek because obviously he doesn't really believe that. No competitor ever believes that. But hey, I harped on it earlier. I like the Steelers to cover. It's a big line. I, I, if I'm not mistaken, it's the biggest line in wildcard weekend history. And you're talking about a coach in Mike Tomlin. You're talking about an offense that's talented. Big Ben aside, Chase Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster can still make, make magic happen. Najee Harris. So I just think that the Steelers are going to be able to move the ball a little bit on this Chiefs defense that is a little fluky. It's a little fluky. They're 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 very trendy. You know, they'll have a bad four games in a row and a good five games in a row. So what Chiefs defense is showing up in this postseason? I don't know. Too many question marks for me to confidently say that the Chiefs are going to cover a 13-point line against one of the greatest coaches ever and one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. The other thing, too, that's kind of weird about this, and it's a wrinkle, is that they the Chiefs and Steelers matched up in the latter half of the season at Arrowhead. It's it's just very strange, you know, having to beat a team twice at home, same location. Right. I don't have I I have Kansas City covering in this game because I just think they're rolling right now. But I'm interested in your thoughts too, Henry. Are you I I, I don't have we ever asked you if you're a big Kansas City guy? Because we know I mean, you're a big Buffalo guy. I, I, I don't know if anybody's really not a Kansas City guy. They're not really good. I don't think people hate Kansas City. Maybe they do. I don't think they're pretty so. cocky. They're not, I think that uh, rubs some people okay, the wrong maybe they way. Could. Maybe yeah. they could. But anyway, I have a lot more priorities, namely the Bears and Packers. Well, here with this game here, <laughs> the thing about this game is, I I just don't know what Chiefs team is going to show up. You know, what I mean, like if the Chiefs show up and they're taking care of business, this game's not close. Well, well and game. like if can the Steelers take advantage of that one stupid little flip pass Patrick Mahomes does that's ill advised. You know, It'll if, be the if they see, I'm sure. Yeah, it, it's just. I, I, you're I, right, Hank. That's a good point. I mean, I, what Chiefs I mean, team's it, coming? The Chiefs have the capability to make this worse than twelve and a half points. You know, but do, do they do that? I don't. I don't. I'm not sold on that necessarily. It could be a closer game than that, just depending on you know what team Andy Reid brings to the field this week. Monday Night Football: Rams at Cardinals. Is there a player? under more pressure in these playoffs than Matthew Stafford. I mean, it's straight up, because no. I, I don't think so. Either. The media will absolutely rip him a new one if he does not win this game. Yo, you couldn't win in Detroit. You go out to L.A., you get your offensive head coach, you get your new weapons, and you still can't win. It, it, it I can hear it already, and it's it's bad. Yeah. But I do like the Rams. I, I would say I'm 80% confident in the Rams to win this game solely because, look, Kyler Murray doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins – and the Rams are as explosive an offense as I've seen in my lifetime. I know there's been more. I know the greatest show on turf, the other Rams team. I don't remember that team. I was too young. So, I mean, you got the Chiefs and you got the Rams. Those, to me, are the two most explosive offenses we've seen in the last 10 years. No no DeAndre Hopkins still in this one. We had kind of some mixed thoughts on Kyler Murray when we did the the trust or bust segment, but I don't think there's any chance that he can potentially pull this upset off. So you like the Rams as a lock? The Rams are my. I, I, if I had, if I had to pick, I'm like almost a, there. If I had to pick like a lock of the week, I, I think it would definitely be the Rams. I mean, like there's weird things in the Eagles and Niners games. The Chiefs, they, I mean, they might be my lock, but I don't know. I, I just do not see a world where the Cardinals win that game. I, I call me crazy, but no. I, I think one more important thing to to harp on before we move. Is just that this is Sean McVay against Cliff Kingsbury as well. And that's not a slight to Cliff Kingsbury, but Sean McVay has been to a Super Bowl. Sean McVay has played in tons of these games. Sean McVay has responded to adversity by winning a few games in a row, as opposed to Cliff Kingsbury and the Cardinals, who are trending 
way down. I mean, when you look at the rest of this league right now, and even teams that make the playoffs that maybe shouldn't have, like the Steelers, it's just like no one is trending downward like the Cardinals are. It's alarming. Let's make some picks. We'll start with the Eagles-Buccaneers game. Eagles are plus eight. I like the Eagles to cover. I said it earlier. I don't love it. Um, I just, I just, I just see the Eagles being gritty. They got their opportunity after you know middle of the season. They didn't really know if they were going to be in this position, and they are. And they're the number one rushing offense in football. I think they keep it close. Yeah, I, I, I kind of changed my tune on this after Trent brought up that point of psycho Tom. I like how you call it psycho Tom. <laughs> That's right. great. I, I, I think this might be more personal than we're, than I'm, we realize for Tom Brady and in those games. I could see him just coming out and and hammering a team that that he's capable of beating. I'm also with Henry on this one. You know, like I said, my more upset pick would be the Niners. So I'm going to go with the Eagles. I think they cover that eight points. I'm with Henry. 49ers at the Cowboys. 49ers getting three and a half. Cowboys. Now, the the thing is, is that three and a half is kind of the difficult part about this because if the Cowboys win by a field goal, obviously the 49ers would cover at that point. But I like... I like the Cowboys. I just think they're better in every way. Like I said, I like the Cowboys kind of big, actually. I, I think the Cowboys are the better team. I'm going to go with the end of the season roll that the 49ers kind of closed off on. I think the Niners could even win this game, so give me the Niners. I'm going to take America's team in this one, but I will say I don't think they win by – I think it's less than a touchdown. I think they win by four, five points. The line is – three and a half is just very – it's a strange line. Next up, Steelers at Chiefs. Steelers getting 12.5 points. I know where Trent's going on. Yeah, I've given my case a million times, so I'll save us time. Uh, I got the Steelers to cover. Big line. Yeah, I I agree. I think, I guess, the Chiefs have the capability to make this a bigger deficit, but I don't think they do. I think the Steelers at least make it somewhat interesting and cover this this line. Chiefs, big. Pretty big. Wow. 20 points, I'll say. Last game on the slate of the picks, Cardinals plus 3.5 at the Rams. Welcome Matthew Stafford to the playoff win club. Matthew Stafford plays out of his mind. Cooper Cup probably has a touchdown. I think Odell Beckham has more receiving yards in this game, though. I will go out on a limb and say that because I think Stafford and Beckham are finally trying to click a little bit. So I think they have a big game. I think the Rams defense really rattles Kyler's Murray, Kyler Murray's cage, and I like the Rams to win big. Yeah, Cardinals aren't giving me a warm and fuzzy feeling at this point in the season. Uh, I think it's I think it's time. Matt Stafford needs needs that big win, and here it is. I think Rams win this one and, and cover. No Cardinals, absolutely no Cardinals. Matthew Stafford, he's gonna get that monkey off his back a little bit with this playoff win, and you know next week we'll be having the conversation about you know did is it just one playoff win that he needs, or you know is it more? I'm sure that'll be get the national airwaves will be full of that. Let's move over to the gambling corner. Trent Valley has got prop bets for each one of these football games in the gambling corner. He's going to present them to Henry and I, and we're going to say we'd either bet it or there's no way. All right, yeah, three minutes here, so I'll make this quick. But Eagles Buccaneers, Jalen Hurts to score a rushing touchdown is plus 165 if you go to your sports book of choice. By the way, 1-800-GAMBLER if you have a problem. Thank you very much. Jalen Hurts is a running quarterback, and I think it's as simple as if the Eagles get on the two-yard line and it's a draw play or something, he could absolutely get in there. Plus 165, I know it's not great value, but I could. I think it's going to happen. Like He's going to have a rushing touchdown. Thoughts? I think that if I had to pick like a lock of the gambling corner, it would probably be this. I think they, I think they could do it on their first possession, potentially. Yeah, I, I, I see this absolutely happening. 
All right, let's go 49ers-Cowboys. Ezekiel Elliott to have the game-high rushing yards, plus 168. So really the only wrinkle here is that, you know, if the 49ers are running it well. But I just, at the end of the day, I like Zeke Elliott to have. Is, is uh, Tony Pollard playing? I believe he is. If, if yeah, he is playing, he okay. Is. So, But I like I like Ezekiel Elliott. Like, he had a pretty good uh, game last week in a, in a lighter workload, so I think he's primed and ready to roll. I, I'm leaning toward a 49er, but if... But if I'm 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 on, I'm on the fence about this. Oh, by the bit. way, it's plus. I think it's, it's going to be run heavy. Plus one sixty eight are the odds for this. There's some juice there. I'm mean, I'm confused by this uh, by this bet because who are they insinuating would uh, have the game high rushing? Well, it's just simply that I think all players have plus odds, so it's like you have to just pick one, and then if you're right, you get. But like, who who is like the nearest counterpart to that? Yeah, well, it would be Pollard. That's why I said okay. I don't know if he's planned because they, okay. they were a two-headed dragon there in the middle of the season. But yeah, let's I'd... keep it going. This one this one is a little bit more interesting because I think that this actually could happen, and this has way higher um, payout. Najee Harris' first touchdown score in the Steelers-Chiefs game, it is plus 750. I'm in on that. I think they could potentially get the football score on their first drive. That's yeah. the thing. And they got to get yeah. pounded the rest of the way. If they win that coin right. toss, I mean, they're going to do what they do, and their yeah. offense has been run heavy, so they just pound the rock with Najee Harris right all the way to the end zone. Plus 750. They'll script up a nice first drive, too, on offense. They'll get the ball. I'm sure they'll get the ball out very quickly because, you know, we Steve Spagnolo loves to blitz, but I'm in on that. Lastly, real quick, and this is partially joking, but you can put a dollar on it and win 950. Matthew Stafford rushing touchdown plus 950. 50. All they got to do is get on the line. He can do his old Dallas Cowboys memorial, clock it, clock it, clock it, jump over the line, and you're $9.50 richer. Quarterback sneak in the end zone. Book <laughs> yeah, it. I love it. Book it right now. Big show, football-filled show. 2022, we've officially debuted. From Luke Sloan, Trent Valley, and Henry Menegos, we will see you next week on the Green and White Report. You have been listening to the Green and White Report on WDBM. For all your sports news and notes, go to impact89fm.org sports.